Hello everyone and welcome to episode 136 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yeah, hello. I, uh, I have some fun news, Manny. What is that? My PS3 came yesterday. Oh my god, have you used it? Yeah, yeah, I, I played a couple games. Uh, and initial thoughts, um, I touched the, the DualShock 3 and I was uh-huh. instantly disgusted. Yeah, it's I, fucked up now. I can't believe we used that controller for... Now, see, like, that's crazy. The DualShock 3 is crazy. Imagine mm. the 6-axis, which is what it was before that, like, where it felt like a Fisher-Price toy and had no rumble. It feels... Yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, this has no weight to it. It has no weight. I... <laughs> yeah, so you, you can... um. I think you can pair the DualShock 4s with it now. Uh, so I think once you plug them in, you should be able to pair it through Bluetooth so you don't have to wire The problem is my DualShock 4 is not in great shape. And I, oh, I've i been holding off because I was like, I was going to get a PS5. And then just like <laughs> that just never happened. I think the other yeah. big issue is like I'm so used to the Xbox like Series X controller, which has just like the perfect amount of weight to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this is just like this, as you said, it feels like a toy. It does not feel like a controller. So bad. Like, I I don't even know that I have one. I have to have one somewhere, I guess. But I think I only have one. I think I threw away the six axis because I was like, I will never want to touch this ever again. I'm wondering, did mine come with the six axis? I mean, it's just feels so light. Um... It's a uh, six axis. It is, yeah. It's terrible. I, that explains why it feels so light. Okay. Yeah, so that doesn't have rumble in it. Okay. That that it would is, explain it. Yeah, that is the worst controller of all time. I hate it. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, that's not true. The N64 controller exists, so I can't say so. Well, we were just talking about the Joy-Cons. The Joy-Cons also suck. That is true. Um, <laughs> they do have rumble, though. They have they HD do, they rumble. They have HD rumble, <laughs> high-definition rumble, whereas, yeah, the, the 6-axis does not, but it has motion control. But so it also has it. a vastly better D-pad than the, the Switch. So That is also true. And the buttons might be, like, three times bigger than the Switch. Mm-hmm. So there's also that. So. There is okay. that. I might have to pick up an, a different PS3 controller that's not a six-axis thing. No wonder yeah. it feels so light. I didn't even think about looking at that. Yeah, it is. I hate that thing. Mm-hmm. It is not good. Um, well, the that's one, cool. Yeah. The, the one funny thing was syncing my trophy list took, I think, 45 minutes. Yeah, so people forget about that, but the trophies weren't even on PS3 originally. They mm-hmm. patched those in later. So there are early PS3 games like the original Assassin's Creed, probably Assassin's Creed 2. They might have patched Assassin's Creed 2 in later, but Brotherhood for sure had them. Right. Uh, but yeah, early games just didn't have trophies or anything, and they didn't have to go back and add them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird. Well, not just that, but like... Because it had to like sync all my PS4 games, and it it literally took like 45 minutes to to do that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I forgot that you have to do is you download the game, and then you have to go into the game slot and then hit that button and like hit the game and then install it, which that's a very long process as well. I'm like, oh man, this is uh, they did a lot of great things with the PS4 to improve. Uh, a lot of improvements with the PS4. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I 
you you take for granted. You definitely take for granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's all right because I got I already bought a couple games in the store that I'm excited about. And, Sweet. And I've already played a couple, so nice. But yeah, well, I just wanted to to say that like it, it's weird. I ordered the two the two games that I bought with it the day. The, it, it all from like different sellers because they're all used. They all came yesterday. And nice. one was USPS, and then two were USPS, and the other one was UPS. And they all still came the same day, which was just very unexpected. So. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I used the Vita UI, and mm. it broke my brain because I didn't remember that you could have, like, 900 programs open at once, like Xbox Series X style, where they're, like, frozen mm. in time. Uh, so then you have to like hold well because there's supposed to be a touch screen on a Vita. Mm-hmm. I was using the Vita TV. You're supposed to like swipe them away. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like a little crinkle on the page at the top. And you like swipe away. I didn't have any idea how to fucking get rid of it. So you have to hold circle. To it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I I had the fun experience of like figuring out which PlayStation One classics you're allowed to download right to the Vita. <laughs> And which ones you are forced to download them onto a PS3 and then transfer them with a cable because that is a crime. I don't know why you have to do that. So specifically, this is what's annoying. And so Sony decided not to shut down those stores. Right. But you still you can't access the Vita store or the PS3 store anywhere but on those systems yep so for some reason I want to buy the PlayStation 1 classic Suikoden 2 you can't buy it on the Vita. Mm. So I have to hook up a PS3, log into it, buy that, and then transfer it to the Vita, which is like, what? Why would what? <laughs> Why would you ever have to do that? It's mm-hmm. so dumb. It makes no sense. So there's like a bunch of stuff like that. And then I realized apparently a bunch of games I have are cross-play with the Vita that I never knew about. Mm. I was like, why would I ever want to play Street Fighter Cross Tekken on the Vita? Ever. Why would I want to play Street Fighter Cross Tekken? Period. But like, I just... Yeah, there's so many weird things. But yeah, the, the old UI of those old things, you are like, oh, yes, I see this now. I definitely had some issues figuring out how to sign in. Oh, yeah. You have to like, it's under the one thing on the cross media bar and then you, yeah. No, I mean like, cause like the password doesn't work if you have two-step verification. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, You have to go into the phone app and create like a special password in the phone app for the PS3. The Vita is cool and I do not have to do that. Hmm. Well, huh? You, you'll probably have to do with that with the PlayStation, but like, hopefully. I mean, I was already logged. I guess I have used it semi recently, which I was already logged in. So, yeah, I don't know because if I was logging in for the first time, type probably of thing. I would guess because it probably has to um, register the console to right. your username or whatever. So, so yeah, that's what I had to do, and it said like you have to do that for Vita as well, like v- mm. Vita, PSP, and PS. Yeah, mine was just is ready just to works. rip. I got to charge my actual Vita now, though, but we'll see how that pans out. I had a feeling you were on it recently because when you look at the friends list, it, it says everyone hasn't been on for two plus years on the, the the friends list. And then it was you like two days. And I was like, 
well that that seems weird <laughs> nanny must have been on his vita yeah i just downloaded every playstation one jrpg i had um because i was just like i don't know i it would be cool to have these all in one place and mm-hmm. like the vita is actually nice ergonomically unlike most things sure. to me now uh and the screen is very nice so it's like very well lit and stuff and it's a hot oled screen that is something we did not have on the news list but one of the leaks about the switch pro was that nintendo settled on an oled screen for that puppy wasn't that announced before uh no it was a very wasn't it rumored one. It was okay. rumored, but it was like it's basically official that they okay. finally decided to OLED screen on that. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, because like people were complaining it's not 4K screen and it's like that seems so stupid. Yeah, that, to have that doesn't a... make any fucking sense. Yeah, you would notice no difference. Everything mm-hmm. would just be too tiny to read at that <laughs> point. So like, what the fuck? So I guess we can get into the news here. Uh, This one first one makes sense. Sony expects PS5 shortages to last into 2022. Mm -hmm. That is because there is a global computer chip shortage. So expect shortages of video cards and cars and anything that uses computer chips to continue until then as well. Yes. Uh, We almost had one for you, a PS5. Best Buy screwed me. I was so mad. I why were you mad? Well, well, because it's it's a shitty system. Why can't you fucking order it for delivery to your home? You have to order it for pickup at a store. That wouldn't bother me at all. Well, that that is why I couldn't get it. Is Mm. because they didn't just give the stock of the website. They gave the stock of a store. Mm. Which, of course, our fucking Best Buy is going to have low stock of a fucking PS5. Sure. They're going to be like, oh, 10 people live here. <laughs> they get one. Mm-hmm. And so that that was and that makes their system even worse because the page isn't refreshing like it's supposed to. So even yes. if it's sold out, it doesn't actually tell you because it should. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, well, now it's not available for pickup at your store. What are you doing, you fucking <laughs> idiot? And you're like, well, was it ever? I don't. I don't understand this process. F- fuck you, Best Buy's website. Um. Yeah. So that that happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Like yeah. It, they would be like, "Oh, you have this PS5, but you can't get it. Sorry, fuck you." And at that point, when it's in your cart, it is reserved for you. So I guess you could just screw someone and be mm. like, "I'm keeping this one in my cart forever." <laughs> Eat me. So that was weird, but we were close to getting you a PS5. But um, it's all right because, like, that same day, I literally got the PS3. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I think I'm more excited about that right now, just because, like, the PS5, literally one game. The hey, PS3 has a, like few, a fucking a, lit game. <laughs> it, it will be. It will be. Uh, but yes, uh, I have tons, tons of stuff I can play right now, so I'm perfectly fine. So. Yeah, the previews of Ratchet and Clank came out, and they are uh, mm-hmm. they are something else. Yes. That game is ridiculous looking. Which, I mean, I don't think either of us are surprised. We expect... Well, no, but, like, the ray tracing reflections on Clank's body are like, mm-hmm. holy shit, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and speaking of the PS5, they made a huge deal that they are releasing two new DualSense color controllers. One mm-hmm. is red. Sorry, Co- Cosmic, Cosmic red. red. Cosmic Red, and the other yep. one is Midnight Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, they continue to be seventy dollars, and I don't want to buy them. Are they seventy? They are seventy dollars. Because, like, if you remember the PS4, the DualShock Four, the black were cheaper was cheaper than the colored ones. So I was wondering yeah, if these just would be more. 
No, it's just all R70. Well, that's good, um, at least. Which it makes sense because of the technology in the controller. It's just like, I, now it makes it seem like the the Switch Pro controller really needs a fucking price drop from 70 because... But doesn't that is, battery last forever? It does, but it's not it's not as good as a DualSense controller. Like, it For doesn't sure. feel as good in your hands, and obviously it doesn't have the haptic feedback and the triggers and all that shit. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like it is too early i think for people to need ps5 controllers some people just like the colors I, yeah that's what some people about. like collecting 70, like 70 dollars for a red controller seems like buck ass wild like they'll go on sale eventually so i mean what were they before 60 yeah but usually they're like when they're on sale they're like 30 bucks i mean sure. dual sense has probably never gone on sale ever and won't but also, like, there's no multiplayer PS5 games. Who gives a fuck? Uh, excuse me. There's uh no, there is. Well, I, yeah, but no, that's not. But I local, know, that's not local. Uh, local is um Sackboy. Oh yeah, that's also a PS4 game though. So like, <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like out of, out of the PS5 exclusives, Eternal like, uh, uh, and Astrobot are both single player. So like, what? Oh, and uh, Dist- All Stars Destruction Derby, but that's it's another. Hard. Like, there's no that's way that's online. local. Yeah. yeah, that's not local. So it's like you have these three games. Like, I don't know. And the Dual Sense does work in PS4 games, but it doesn't do anything special. So like, mm-hmm. when you could get a controller for half the price, it does the same thing. You can still pair it. Like, it just seems weird to me. I don't know. And if you already broke your Dual Sense, you are a hard gamer. You are destroying that with your hands. You have brick hands. I don't. I don't know, man. And like the sticks are like the material on the sticks. Like the early Dual Shock Fours, the material on the sticks was like wore off. It would. It was fucked up, so they would tear all the time. Mm-hmm. So the newer ones are harder. But the, if you break the shit on the Dual Sense, you are a heathen. Like I don't even know how you would do it. I don't know. Like I, I did hear like people like having like the the triggers. That would that could break, but that is that seems like the main point of failure on those controllers to me. You know what I mean? But that's but I mean that is very possible, especially if you're playing like a a heavy shooter type of thing. Well, that's true, but at that point you just fucking RMA the controller because that's a defect and it's within one year warrant. They get consoles. But then like you're going to be sitting around not playing anything, so you'll want to go out and buy a new controller. Well, you, um, just use a PS4 controller. Um, wait, they work on on the PS. They don't work for PS5 games, but I mean, like, look, dog. If the only games you have to play are Returnal and Astrobot, which takes four hours to plant them, you can sync a PS a DualShock Four to your PS5. Uh, I think you have to have it wired. I don't know. They okay. were they only work in PS4 games though. Okay, I didn't I didn't know you could do it at all. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It is because, like the Series X, obviously you can just use the Xbox One for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can still use them in PS4 games. They just mm-hmm. don't work in PS5 games at all. Oh, interesting. Which seem I, I don't know. I mean, like I get it. Like I kind of get it because they're like, oh, but like check out the Rumble. But like, mm-hmm. it's not. It is cool, but it is not a life changing experience. Like you could still play Returnal just fine with sure. a DualShock Four. But Sony's like hard no on that. And I think that's fucking weird. Actually, you know what I should try? I should try to use a DualShock 3. Well, no, no. I was going to say I should try to play Watch Dogs 
mm. on the PS4 version and then update it to the PS5 version and see if a DualShock 4 still works once it's upgraded to the PS5 version or if it doesn't care. Just like as a as a fun test. Why wouldn't you do like a better game though? Well, because I that's the only one where I actually that I can think of that I have that like had a very clear separate version other than Yakuza, I guess. I could try Yakuza. What about Hitman? Hitman? Cuz like they you said oh, like they that's like, true. It does have special features in it, but and you would probably I don't enjoy that. Have the, I don't have the PS4 version of that game. I bought the PS5 version of that. Oh, game. I thought okay, I thought it was the PS4 version. No, when I downloaded it, I bought the PS5 version. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can still download the PS4 version. I'll check. But I that that makes me curious. Like mm-hmm. in a cross-gen game like that, does it just lose DualShock 4 functionality when it's the PS5 version? Did Miles Morales have anything? Uh, Miles Morales did. Um, I can get the PS4 version of that, I guess. But that's yeah. a first-party Sony game, so then that one's weird. I don't know. They're, that that's a weird thing. I'll have to check. Because Mass Effect. Seems like- does not have like a true PS5 version, I think. Mm. So, which I mean, that is like an older game, so like who cares? it is, yeah. And the it doesn't use the dual sense or anything, so and that seems like a lot of work for EA to do just for the very small base <laughs> of the PS5, <laughs> yeah. Where I guarantee most of those sales are going to be PC and probably a lot of PS4 sales anyway. And it is, it has 21 by 9 support on PC. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It yeah. looks crazy. It looks fucking insane. I watched a review on the monitor because we have one at work and they recorded it in 21 by nine. I was like, this is insane. I have to like turn my head to see the whole <laughs> the whole screen here. This is fucking I, nuts. I don't. Why would you want that? Uh, people love widescreen monitors like that. It seems like a lot of work. Uh, yeah, they're also too expensive and usually still 60 hertz. And then it's like, well, they can only go 60 frames a second. Why do you even have this monitor? Uh, not just that, but like how many games are taking advantage of it? Uh, a lot now. Oh, okay. Uh, most PC games do now. So, well, I think like it would make sense for like multiplayer games, but like single player, I just don't see. Yeah. Like battlefield one was the first one I remember making a big deal out of it. And that looks crazy. Uh, but a lot of games just like fill the sides with like a bunch of nothing. And sure. It's just like, ah, perfect. <laughs> I'm glad I have this huge monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's th- that, that's all the PS5 news I have. Uh, the other sure. thing I put on here, I was so hype about Psychonauts 2 went up on the Windows Store with a store page, and then the full preload went up, and someone was like, oh shit, we've done goofed, and they took it down. Because normally you can only fully preload a game like the day before it comes out on the Windows Store or like a couple days early. Sure. So that means Psychonauts 2 is done. And it is a Microsoft release technically, even though it's made by Double Fine. Uh, So this makes me believe that during their E3 press conference, they will say, oops, Psychonauts is out now. Everyone go get it because on fig there was no tier for physical rewards it was all digital codes so i bet during that thing they will also send out the ps4 codes and just like Mm -hmm. send them out to everyone's email uh and have it all ready so that's cool when i saw this i thought like this makes sense because you know what just got added to game pass psychonauts one psychonauts one yes it did yeah they had announced that uh so i I think that's cool uh i just think like adding that now I was like, they've got to have some Psychonauts, like, two announcement 
Mm-hmm. So that, it, it all makes sense, honestly. So Yeah, so that would be really cool. But I mean, like, I'm sure out there someone preloaded it and then hacked it so they could play it already. Mm. Uh, so that uh, that's cool. I, I just sure. I, I saw that and was like, oh, man, I hope they do just say at E3, which is like a month away. Sure. Hey, you can just play it now um because that game has been in development for a long time i think that fig i backed it in 2015 maybe it was a long time ago it was like five or six years ago so and really i mean like it's been a quiet year for xbox i know i keep saying that but like they need they need something which i know this isn't completely xbox it's kind of yeah i mean i I didn't even realize. So I thought I had backed a physical version of this and there isn't one. Mm-hmm. I just paid an extra $18 to get a console digital code because like Ooh. the base was you get a PC code. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I did an add on for $18 to either get a PS4 or Xbox one code. Uh, so I, I guess I will have it on both. Oh. Um, just fine. Uh, double the achievements double the double the achievos yeah i could get the ps4 code and then play it on pc get the actual achievements and the trophies mm-hmm. go ham uh but they've been showing like screenshots recently and it looks I, I don't know i mean like it doesn't look super cool g- great graphically but that psychonauts is very stylized so sure. uh it looks neat and they've really only shown one major area uh in like in motion and that was a, a couple months ago and it looked really great i think um so so yeah that's that's cool and like you said psychonauts one just got added to game pass uh and it has been like it was upgraded a lot for steam when it came out on steam so like that version does have achievements and it is uh it has some fixes because there were some parts of that game in the original release that were fucking rough as hell um and they did that on like the most shoestring budget (laughs) originally so when they released the ultimate version they fixed a lot of bugs and stuff and made it sound more crisp and all that stuff they bought the rights back themselves double fine for psychonauts because they originally published it through majesco and then they Mm. when they went independent they bought the rights themselves so they could uh update it and re-release it because it was important to them as a studio it was it was it might have been their first game as double fine oh okay uh so so that's neat. Um, that is really all the news news, but you have yes. put the Jeff Grubb summer games mess on here, but let me tell you something, Matt. He, he Something new was added to this. He had like a video and this was like just a breakdown that somebody did. So like... Yeah, but there's something that's not listed here and that is okay. that I think on the 25th or the 26th of this month, it is the 8 millionth anniversary of Dragon Quest. I don't remember what one it is. 30? 30 years of Dragon Quest. It is believed mm, that they're going to announce... That would make sense. They're going to announce the new one, Dragon Quest Twelve. there. Ooh. It is led to be believed. That is... I'm hyped for that shit. I love 11. I've played 12. Uh, and they, they said the newest hot Dragon Quest title, so there will be multiple. Probably they do all kinds of spinoffs. Like I would guess Dragon Quest Builders 3 or some shit, which again, Dragon Quest Builders 2 just came to Game Pass. Yep. Uh, and I think they said like they had more announcements. Like it sounded like they had like more Dragon Quest announcements. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so uh, the, that 30th anniversary is happening in a week or two. Uh, so there will be a stream for that. But that, that one wasn't on here because I just got announced Sure. Uh, the other day. Yeah. yeah, as I said, Jeff Grubb had a video. And so, so someone just kind of broke down like all the stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I just was like, well, I'll just kind of copy and just like put it in like this because it's uh, very easy to follow. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start at the top. Uh, Battlefield Six. Uh, it seems like the announcement date was moved. He believes it will be released June first. The the announcement, I assume, not the game. Uh, but things are a little fluid, so uh, so. Um, th- this is at least what Jeff Grubb thinks. God, like, I just uh, don't give a shit about Battlefield. Battlefield. 6, huh? That's how. Well, I, feel. I assume there is not a single Battlefield you've ever cared about. No, but this one especially, like people seem weirdly interested in it being announced, and I guess usually because Dice is, they are graphical show pieces usually so maybe that's why people are excited but i I feel like i've seen more fervor for this one being announced than previous uh and a lot of this is kind of geared towards like e3 and around like announcements and stuff the person breaking this down did do it very weird where like there's a sony and then a playstation so i'm just going to combine those Mm -hmm. uh they don't i jeff grubb does not expect any big presentations until after rift apart uh so it seems like Sony's probably big thing right now is just kind of pushing uh, Rift Apart, which is Ratchet and Clank. Uh, and then I guess at the conference itself, uh, the biggest announcement, or he doesn't expect anything bigger than Final Fantasy 16. Which is wildly huge. So <laughs> Yes. Um, and then also in regards to the PS5 and Xbox Series X, I'll just throw this in here. He says it's going to be a lot like the Wii did for the first few years where it'll be very hard to get. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, that makes sense. Cause what we which, about, so. uh, yeah, as I said, we already talked about that from which that story that we talked about earlier was from digital trends. So, mm-hmm. uh, the coalition, which is the studio that was made designed to make gears is working on gear six. Are you shocked about this, Manny? Uh, no, but that, that was another news article thing that I didn't even think to put in here. The unreal five thing is that they're yes. making a smaller game to uh, learn how to use unreal five, which makes sense. Yes, it, it absolutely does. Cause like back it, I mean, back initially, I mean, gears, the gears franchise was made by Epic yeah. who, you know, they, they're unreal. So, I mean, mm. that's, so makes it kind of makes sense that they're, they're kind of sticking with the unreal engine type of thing. Yeah, it does make sense, and it's probably easier for them to use a an engine like that. Too. Yes, well, and I'm sure they were able to kind of pull the pull code and everything, and just kind of work from that initially. And now they're just able to keep that going. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Grubb is very confident that Starfield, the the Bethesda uh, RPG, is expected to be announced to release this year and be announced at E3. I am also confident in this. So that'll be uh, cool. Um, for Square Enix, which we already mentioned, Final Fantasy 16. And he does think there'll be some type of uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake too. I, uh, well. I do think it would be weird if they had that. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, I, I, you I think it would be weird oh, if they yeah. did have it? Or oh, yeah. I, I like, am almost 100% sure they will not show anything for that. Because he thinks it'll be weird if they didn't. Well, no, because during E3, <laughs> the first day of the day before E3 is when Intergrade comes out. Sure, so but I mean, they be, could at least. I, have, I, like... I feel like they would not show a teaser for a game that they just a sequel to a game they just put DLC out the day before. That would be asinine to me. But I don't know uh, when. When did they first announce Final Fantasy VII remake? Uh, I mean, a long time ago. But so. I mean, Intergrade comes out the day before they have their presentation. So, like, I I don't see that being a thing. Maybe, Maybe. we'll see. 
and also it hasn't come to other consoles yet and now that deal is up so i would guess that they announced that the original is coming to xbox and pc during that instead of a second part yes mm. already that is possible yeah um uh, genshin impact will probably come to the xbox but won't come to game pass uh it's well that's a weird one a... why would it come to game pass it's free uh yeah i don't know um don't yeah that, that is a yeah that that's that's weird uh south park he doesn't expect there to be a third game yeah i wouldn't like, either uh yeah it sounds like uh the the, the makers trey and mark are trey trey and matt not mark uh they were a little burnt out so uh konami not sure about reports of them licensing IP, ips but certainly thinks they're doing something with silent hills so. uh konami put out a statement recently saying that they would specifically not be announcing something this summer but that we can look forward to hot products from them in the coming years <laughs> so and i was like cool. ah yes all your hot franchises like silent hill and castlevania which you do so fucking much with all the time mm-hmm. great konami mm-hmm. make some more fucking pachinko machines they're they're doing their thing uh they're call of duty 2021 uh he's heard rumors that they'll release uh modern warfare 2 remaster multiplayer um, but it does sound like, which I've heard this from other places as well, but like Call of Duty's had some major issues this year's Call of yeah. Duty. So, um, uh, which I, I think we've talked about it like within the last couple months about. Call yeah, of Duty we have. It's been fucking weird. Yes. Um, Jedi Fallen Order 2, uh, potentially some type of announcement, probably just like a teaser at best still a little early which i mean that was what 2019 so like yeah i don't know if it would be too early i mean three like it's maybe next year it releases uh it depends how much uh respawn was working on other stuff i guess sure i'm just trying to remember like i mean this was like their big thing what in 2019 right Mm. uh ea yeah i think so because they had like a whole like i think it was like a 20 30 minute sequence and they had like greg miller come out and talk about it oh that was that i just remember when they like asked vince sampella in the crowd oh that was it. that was the year before that was the year before and that is still one of my favorite e3 uh-huh. moments ever where he's like uh nah. yeah that was andrea renee which it was clearly... <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure she was encouraged to ask these questions and then he was just like why are you asking me these questions please don't ask me these questions it yeah, was, yeah. Uh, it was a uh, yes pretty special uh alan wake it's real uh nothing new but maybe something at e3 so yes and then uh shocking news that uh lego star wars 2 delays are probably because of covid what i just i I don't i don't i don't understand that uh that's yeah i don't understand how this game is like in development it's a fucking lego game like it's it is having some issues makes no sense it's got to be the biggest lego game of all time or some shit like i I mean is that all the same i mean at this point it is supposed to be all nine movies i know but like there are already lego star wars games of eight of those movies Mm -hmm. and some of them include three to six of them so it just seems bizarre. Like in my brain, I would expect this to just be like a copy and paste of all those other games, but with mm-hmm. scenes from nine added, uh, apparently they have other plans. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The most ambitious Lego game you could possibly dream up in your mind is what is happening. Apparently. 
Which, hey, maybe they're trying some new stuff. Sure. <laughs> I am not confident in that, but no, I would, no, I, would I would I would uh, I would like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they gotten a little stale. If you've played one, you've played pretty much them all. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh yeah, so that's pretty much uh the news for this uh for this week. Uh, yeah. and a lot of it was just like the the summer games mess uh from from Jeff Grubb. Uh mm-hmm. just more speculation than anything, but I I expect now that E three's what like a month away a little less than a month away at this point um i don't expect a lot i think now now is where you know publishers are really going to hold off because there's really no point in announcing if you're planning on announcing things in june i like that he can never really say anything about nintendo because the snipers will kill him they're trained on him and they know Mm -hmm. when he speaks about their upcoming releases that he will get shot (laughs) because i mean they have like a big e3 thing or like Mm -hmm. a direct so like they have to show something zelda skyward sword Uh, yeah that comes out at the end of june Mm -hmm. god i They'll probably show that to try to promote that again. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be so. I think it'll be so funny if their E3 press conference is like we're announcing Breath of the Wild two, and that will just so immediately overshadow anything about a Skyward Sword HD re release that like ooh, that'll be what so. If funny. they don't, that could be rough. Well, if they don't, I I mean. Like, yeah, they're going to be like, the next Smash character is this. And like, that's it. I don't know. Well, I did. I did read something. I don't remember where I read it. Like they're working on a 2D Metroid. Uh, Yeah, which is weird because the company that made the last 2D Metroid just like partnered with someone else. But I mean, like they could be partnering. But like, I assume that 2D Metroid game would be done. So like partnering with somebody else now doesn't that would make i guess sense, did you see the best rumor of all time matt about nintendo that i hope is no. true if that do you know what game the odyssey team is making is what this rumor says <laughs> mario party a 3d donkey kong game excuse me that is what the rumor is right now is that the super mario odyssey team is making a 3d donkey kong game is it gonna be donkey kong 3d I don't know. I hope it's Donkey Kong 64 too. <laughs> the, the concept, the thought of that makes me so happy because in my brain, inside my brain space, Donkey Kong 64 was great, but in reality, it was very bad. And wait, wait do you, did you play it as a kid and like it? I did. Oh, okay. I yeah. did giant bombs uh, replaying it. Uh, hurt your perception of the game uh, i mean i already knew it was not what i okay. remembered it to be because it was like it was like they took the collectathon stuff of banjo kazooie and like mm-hmm. multiplied it by eight trillion and then took away any draw distance the game had and like it was it was not great um no. and it definitely aged very poorly in comparison to banjo kazooie like it is baffling actually how poorly it aged um, I don't know if it was, it wasn't good then though. That's the issue. Oh, I mean, I liked it then because it I was didn't. just like back then I didn't think about draw distances and how I couldn't see more than one foot in front of my <laughs> face. You know, I was just like fucking playing in 64. 
see, like I like Donkey Kong and I like Banjo Kazooie, but like I did not like Donkey Kong sixty. Yeah, no, I thought that game was fine at the time, but now, dear God, um, and so I, I think that I would like that. I think I would like for them to make a three D Donkey Kong game. Like I, that is a very hard for me to believe rumor, but I, um. I can't remember with some Nintendo website, Nintendo Life, maybe that uh, said they got that from an independent source. Uh, I would really like that because like while I do like Donkey Kong games and like 2D side scrollers, I think that (laughs) when your one 3D game is Donkey Kong 64, like I feel like that game deserves uh, like that franchise deserves another shot. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I don't not that it not that the 2D platformers aren't good. But I think like Donkey Kong also deserves to evolve like the other sure. franchises do. Like, yeah, I mean, even if you go back and forth like Metroid does, right? Like, I, I think that's cool. And I mean, you mm-hmm. don't have to make like a huge Mario game all the time. Like, You could you have other franchises like you could make something else. So I think that would be cool. But this to me is like when they said Rabbids was happening and people literally had the design doc for that one. So it was very sure. hard to not believe, but no one believed it. Well, like. <laughs> In fairness, that one was probably leaked on Ubisoft's side, who yeah, has yeah, yeah. the worst they they are like the worst leakers of all time. Like yeah, it is yeah, just yeah. like it's a faucet over there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, people like sit next to Ubisoft employees on trains <laughs> and stuff, and like that's how their games leak. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that rumor is real. I would love to see a 3D Donkey Kong game. I think that would be super interesting. Um, whether or not it would be good is another question. You I mean, know? if it's the, I mean, I, I don't think it, I don't think it would be bad. I just sure. like, I don't like. It's one of those things where sometimes their games just don't hit like super hard, and it's just like, oh, this is fine, you know. I mean, like, I assume that team has been like the 3D Mario team. And... Yeah, they have. So if if they do do that, I think they would be able to do a good job. But then, I mean, like, what, what is the low point? Uh, Sunshine. Yeah, and I mean that's still a pretty good game. So I mean, uh, but outside of that, like I, I in my brain, if someone was mm. like, "We're making a 3D Mario game <laughs> or a 3D Donkey Kong game," like I don't even know what that is at this point. Uh, yeah, because they removed all the characters that were added in Donkey Kong Country 64. Like they just were like, "Oh no, tiny, lanky, and chunky. They don't exist. Who are they?" So like, is it just straight up you're just Donkey Kong, or like maybe Diddy? Like what happens? I don't know. Well, they brought back, what, Cranky and Funky Kong. They did bring back Cranky and Funky. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff they could do. It's just like when I think of what that game is in my brain, I don't even have a picture of like what that would be. Other well, than and I think that's kind of the around as Lanky Kong spitting grapes from your pipe. I mean, that's the beauty of it, though. Like they yeah, can they basically can do, do whatever they want. So, yeah. So I, I think that would be interesting. I don't know. I hope I hope stuff like that happens. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That is it for the news and rumors and all that. And the part sure, two sure. is games we've been playing. Uh, yeah. I haven't really been playing anything new. The Guilty Gear beta started again last night. I played that, and I'm going to mm. play it more. It rules. I love Guilty Gear Strive. I assume you've just been kind of waiting for Metal Gear. Uh, or Mass not Effect. Mass Effect. Yes. I knew what you meant. Uh, mm-hmm. y- yes. Um, and I'm like slowly working my way through near. Uh, mm. It is weird because I remember everything about that game as I play through it and I really love it and like it a lot. But um, it's weird. Like it is very much a product of when it came out and sure. the budget constraints. 
Mm-hmm. So like there are parts where you're like, oh, Yoko Taro, you poor bastard. You made this part like this because you had four dollars and <laughs> stuff like that. And like while um, like I-, I think it holds up in terms of the story department, like they and they very vastly updated the combat. Like that's the main thing mm-hmm. they did in that remake. But like other than that, it's weird, I think, for people who like played Automata. And I knew this was going to happen. Uh, where they played automata and they're like this isn't what i expected at all and it's like yeah i knew it wasn't gonna be like i'm glad it came out but i think uh people were just like oh this is like a cool historical artifact i don't like playing it Mm. um i i I do though i think it's fine um but yeah working my way through it is is fun and it reminded me of why i like that game and those characters so much but it boy (laughs) it was rough then it continues to be rough now (laughs) sure sure even though they gave it like a fresh coat of paint, it still shows through and you're like, Oh boy, I could see why someone would think this is rough. Mm -hmm. So, and like the area, the overall area is not that big. So you're like traversing through the same areas over and over again. And that, you know, wears thin. It's not like any of the areas are very exciting or anything. So, Uh, but you have been playing resident evil village. Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh uh, no. What did you want to talk about before that? Oh, I have a lot. I just oh, didn't write it all down. Okay. There. Oh, goddamn! Surprise. Yes, uh, I had a very eventful week. Man. Oh God, I'm ready. I for finished. This. I finished up uh, Assassin's Creed Unity over the weekend. Okay. Uh, I, my overall opinion, it's all right. It's a pretty okay. solid game. Like that's yeah. that's about as far as I can go with that. Yeah. Uh, and then Wednesday night, I beat Pokemon Snap. Okay. I beat Resident Evil, which I'll talk about, and I 100 percented Arkham. Uh, oh really Shit, so like nice. that very eventful uh week, that's a uh, wednesday yeah. night <laughs> that's a wednesday's popping yes and which was the nice thing about like 100 percenting that is like i had over 100 that i needed to get and it probably only took me a couple hours to just kind of run around and get them all once i kind of yeah once i got into the groove it was actually pretty easy to just yeah and then like so. once you know the way they're usually hidden or the things yes. types of things you need to scan you can kind of like figure it out a exactly. lot easier for sure uh, and I, you know, I, I did kind of run around and I got all the maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I, I had a general idea of where yeah, I yeah, yeah. be looking. So yeah, that was pretty easy. And then I also decided that I wanted to hop back into dead space and run through another game of that. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, there are just some achievements. Like, uh, there was like an achievement to get all the weapons, uh, to get like 30 kills with each weapon and then like upgrade each weapon, like max each one out and stuff so does uh does dead space one have the really weird difficulty where you can only save three times i don't know two two times i know two does i don't remember if one had that back i don't i don't think i'm gonna need it because like i'm pretty much getting to a point where i'm definitely gonna have most of them upgraded by then so i'm not too worried about that so i think i'll probably once i get that achievement then i'll be very happy and satisfied with my time with dead space i just really like it and i just kind of wanted to spend a little more time in it so i was like you know what i'll just do a run another run through and just try to max out all the weapons Mm -hmm. um and then uh pokemon snap i don't want to dunk on it but for me i it felt a little long in the tooth i was like oh this is going on a little too long for me God. I, d- I I can't believe that because uh, that is the exact opposite of your fucking opinion the first time is that it was you were doing the same things over and over and then it went on too long. Yeah, just like the because le- like it was probably a good nine to ten hours total and I was like, yeah. all right, I 
I think I like the first one a little more because it is just a shorter oh, experience. I, I could never go back now, I don't think. Uh, so Because that game is just like, there's nothing to it. Like that is, and now that there is this, that is basically that mm-hmm. game, but with actual content, I don't know that I could do it. So, yeah, see, like I just kind of burnt out. I was like, all right, like I've done this enough times. Like I don't need to. So I, I the last couple hours, I definitely did like just kind of force myself to, to, to finish it. So I gotcha. No, man, I, this that's is my a game case. of the year at this point, I think, for sure. Wow, wow. Uh, for me, like, it's one of those cases where it's like, I wanted this, I thought I wanted this, but I think I learned that I didn't actually want this. See, I'm glad that most people are not like you, and people were like, I wanted this, and this mm. is better than I would have ever expected. Mm. Please make another one or DLC I, for this. I'm not going to shit on it. As I said, I don't want to say you're dunking on yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, which I mean, like, you really think about the, what I like and the video games I like. I mean, Oh, Pokemon yeah, but Snap like, also, when you think about what you like in Pokemon, it's not mm. like the part where the pokemon are like in nature so uh, yeah so yeah like when you really think about like what i like about video games yeah yeah, it makes sense that pokemon snap might not be for me and it is just purely a nostalgia thing yes which that when you're running on just nostalgia that can run a little thin oh yeah but i was not that's my shit i'm so i was so fucking ready for that game and Mm -hmm. i i want to continue to play it as i as i do Mm -hmm. that's cool uh, for me and, god i resident evil village dude i will get there we'll get oh, there we're, we're not there yet because i gotta so, talk I, about the the two playstation oh, games okay I, what did I you started. play what did you start um one of them you're gonna say like matt why are you playing this I, and that is metal gear solid 4 what the fuck are you doing <laughs> see and you can't do that you can't do that gta 4 okay that one is fine (laughs) because that stands alone metal Mm -hmm. gear solid 4 is like walking into a tv show that's been running for 40 (laughs) seasons and you're coming Uh, in on the final uh, season mm -hmm. that's insane Mm -hmm. also you will not like it we'll see no we don't even need to see (laughs) i guarantee because first of all Uh, the only uh, thing that would carry you through that game in the first place is the plot which you mm-hmm. won't like because of how mm-hmm. anime it is and also the fact that you literally won't be able to understand it you mm-hmm. won't know who any of the characters are what mm-hmm. their motivations are mm-hmm. metal gear solid <laughs> 5 i could kind of get because it's uh-huh. like a different time period 4 is like that's insane like mm-hmm. you don't even know why snake is old yeah i do warner syndrome well it's because of fox die that oh. he was injected within the first whatever see and I, I can't even explain to you the plot of metal gear solid because there is so much that you would have to explain <laughs> that is baffling to me. <laughs> but it was like it was like four dollars i have the ultimate extreme see but then you dish. wouldn't have you wouldn't have ever let me borrow it because you would have been like no you're not allowed to you no, that's like true. This. i'm not even gonna let you i borrow mean it. that's probably true <laughs> i would have just been like why would you even do this i yeah so like yeah and like I the gameplay for sure does not hold up at all well that's why i picked literally the easiest difficulty which is just baby mode story mode that like i don't think it's going to be possible for me to die god that game will be so long you won't even be able to make it to the end i don't think We'll see. Because, like, you'll get to the first boss and be like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> turn it off. It was it, when you watch like a 45 minute cutscene of a monkey drinking Coke, you're going to be like, holy shit. I already I already got there. Oh, don't worry. Drebin exists forever. No. Yes. Like, that, that's where I kind of stopped was like after I met him, mm-hmm. I would say not surprisingly, 
I've only I only got about an hour in, and I would say like forty five minutes of it was uh, cutscenes. Yeah, I mean that that is Which some is... of the longest cutscenes in all of video game history. And mm-hmm. it... I know, like the end of the game, the last like three hours are just like cutscenes. Yeah, so. and they're very good. I like mm-hmm. them a lot. I won't understand them. No, you literally <laughs> won't, especially the post credit scene. <laughs> You'll be like, I don't understand. Who is this mm-hmm. old man? And I'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> you can. I'll just talk to you, and you'll explain what's going on. It'll I, be fun. Yeah, I won't be able to explain what's going on, <laughs> but I will know what's going on. Uh, uh... Uh, in GTA 4, holy GTA shit, 4, dog. Yeah. I bet you anything that that game feels terrible to play now. The driving's not great. The and... driving was bad then, but like you don't seem to like momentum-based characters. Mm-hmm. That is maybe the most momentum-based character I've ever played in a video game. I can tell you right now, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 felt worse to me interesting because i think gta 4 feels like absolute dog shit even back then it felt terrible i mean i prefer moving the character nico uh more than uh red dead redemption and then also uh the witcher 3 i hated moving Geralt in see the that's witcher crazy 3. you must not have switched the movement type because they I, would let I, you they would let you change it from the witcher because people are huge babies about it but uh, nico that game like that game i bet feels worse than san andreas now that i don't like um i have no idea but like i i've only played about an hour of each one i'm just kind of like curious and we'll see how far i get in each of them but like i think like at least the story in gta will hold up i think because i it does seem like it'll be an interesting story i think no you know i think that was the worst gta story even when it came out (laughs) by like a wide a wide margin i think that story sucks but i think think most of the characters suck in that one too like i think that was like their absolute low point really you liked five more oh yeah oh wow uh, because even even f- at least five, you have like different characters. Like I think that Nico's entire struggle is basically pointless, and mm. most of the characters I like I could probably tell you a lot of the even like just the like secondary characters in GTA Five, just because they're more memorable than sure they were in that. And I like I liked that game back then, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there especially the driving man that mm-hmm. I'd fucking. Which they went back to a more like arcadey feel. Not that four is not arcadey. I could n- I never know how to describe. It feels like you're driving a boat. Always, <laughs> in GTA Four or something like it's very weird. It's hard to turn. It it's is very, very hard, to turn. hard to turn, and I, I do get that because it is hard to turn cars when you're going fast in real but even like i'm slowing down and i'm oh even that like there's some there's something weird about it and people always complained about that and like i i I do get that um it seems like another common complaint was just like the color palette the color palette Uh, is wicked bland that's for sure yeah yes um yeah i don't know i i think nico sucks as a character Mm. um and even his like his whole flight his quest, his revenge quest. I was like, eh, I don't know. See, that. I haven't even gotten into that yet, so I have no idea like how that. I'm just kind of like meeting him, and I, I just went on a date with this girl. It was. No, it man, felt how very many, rushed. How many, how many cell phone calls have you gotten? Uh too many. Mm, too many. 
I know. I know. Like cousin. Oh my yes. god. Oh, that that is the thing I probably remember the most about that game is just mm. being like, oh, I know you guys gave him a cell phone, but like, we didn't. What? Why? Please yeah. save me from this. So. Uh, yeah. So I can't see you really liking either of those. I can see you liking GTA Four more for sure because mm-hmm. it's just an open world game, and I think you. Sure can get to your own open world shenanigans and just go from mission to mission checklist style. Yes. Metal your solid four though. Oof. See, I, I figured the part that's going to frustrate me the most is the gameplay. If I just keep failing and stuff, but like putting it on the easiest difficulty, I think I could make it through. Uh, that's the most action based one. So and like, it, you don't even really ever have to be stealthy. I mean, you will never get like a good score or anything, but I'm not worried. about. Uh, I don't care about scores. Well, uh, yeah, the but one... I mean, that's how you unlock everything in Metal Gear Solid. So like, Oh, okay. Um, The one weird thing is it's before controls were standardized. Uh, Controls were never standardized in Metal Gear Solid, period. Well, I'm saying like shooters are L1 and R1 to shoot. And I'm just like, oh, this feels wrong. Yeah, that's because it's... But like... That's because it's coming from Metal Gear Solid previously, which also was weird. Well, that's how they used to be. Which I, I just mean like, like they have shooters. they have unique controls in sure, themselves. Sure. So like that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I bet yeah, I, I was like, oh. hold that controller and be like, oh dear God, I don't even know how to function. Um, now do it with a six axis. That'll, 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 that'll I did, I did really... back then. So yeah. that'll yes. Uh so yep, those are the two games. And see, like this is why I couldn't borrow uh Metal Gear Solid. Like, yeah, I would have let you like, borrow you GTA Four. You wouldn't have let me. So. I would have let you I, borrow GTA 4. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, I get to play it without your permission. So. That's, I mean, good mm. Good on you, I guess. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. So that's a... Uh, I don't think I'm going to have a terrible time. Uh, I do. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. I, what if I end just, up just thinking, like, it, it was fine. I had an okay time with it. That will be bizarre. Because okay. the things that are enjoyable about that game, you can't enjoy. <laughs> well i bet i know more about metal gear solid than you realize but the parts of that the only th- parts of that game that are worthwhile are the ones where they tie up every loose end that has ever mm. been made in a metal gear solid game and like watching vamp anime fight raiden on metal gear ray whoa spoilers that is like the most famous scene from that i know game. i know uh, <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to hear about Resident Evil though? I do. So, did you like it more than seven or less than seven? Um, I've been thinking about this, and I think with the final hour, I did enjoy it more because it just gets buck ass wild. Interesting. That's end. why people hate this one. Uh, is the plot jumping the shark at the end? Uh, really? I yeah. I, I mean, Resident Evil games I think are notorious for having awful second halves in comparison to the first halves. Uh, mm. But I, well, I was listening to some podcast. Must have been Waypoint talk about why they liked Seven, and as someone who has not played Seven. Seven seemed like it was going for a more pure horror experience. Yes. Um, And then everyone was too much of a giant baby. So they went back to 
what it used to be like uh mm-hmm. where it's like more campy and a little bit more actiony uh yes. and stuff like that and less like fucked up body horror uh but also i just saw people saying that like they preferred the plot to of seven to eight um so it is my understanding that eight was originally not a resident evil game and then mm. like they were like oh i guess we're gonna make this into a resident evil game now and i saw people mm. say they kind of like get that feeling from it uh yeah i mean it, it but like for me like what i liked about it is to like the resident evil gameplay aspects like i'm not going to resident evil for the horror yeah i like just kind of like the more adventure like solving the puzzles and just mm-hmm. kind of um because like there are like resident evil puzzles yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and i i like that and i i mean i do like the aesthetic and but like i'm not, i don't want to be like scared shitless type of thing like i was in seven well but i mean even outside of that like people sure. who like the resident evil plot are psychos in the first place but uh people seemed like very weird about this game because i know what happens like near the end of the game like, okay. I, I i know the main like spoiler points to the okay, game yeah, yeah. uh and i just yeah i'm curious like tomorrow i'm gonna talk to scott about it uh because mm-hmm. he really liked it too um yes and I'm just, uh, but, I'm just, I'm just curious about it. Like as a whole, like it seem, it seems very weird because I, I think fans are pretty divided on it. Is what it looked I, like to me. I like the way it was just like overall structured because I, I assume you know pretty much how like because yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. There's it's like, the like four the... like bosses or whatever, yes. and so that's what I also think is funny because people are like, oh, Lady D's like not even in the game that much, and it's like. Capcom accidentally stumbled upon that. Like they had structured their game with these like four boss type characters. And she just happened to be the first one. They showed it in a trailer and people were like, Oh, she's hot. I like that. And then like, you probably go through her area, you beat her and it's done. Well, I, I have it broken down like so like if you want i can break this down because like i she's in the game a lot more than people are giving it credit well still but like she just is not like they make it seem like in all the trailers recently that she is the fucking main antagonist sure sure. she will be there constantly the whole time and like i knew that wasn't going to be the case and then people are also like, she turns into a weird monster. Like, of course she does. It's a fucking Resident Evil game. Like, what do you want? Every every single every every single Resident Evil character does. This. <laughs> uh, so that that's weird. But yeah, people were just like, ah, they like overplayed this, and it's like, no, you're you guys mm-hmm. are just dumb. And they mm-hmm. accidentally stumbled upon this in marketing. Like, they weren't going to go back and change the entire game because they the marketing team accidentally found out people like tall vampire ladies like. That that is weird to me, and I just think that's funny. The people were like, "I can't believe it." It was like, "What? Who thought this?" Yeah, because like if you remember last week, I played through basically the intro and just yeah, kind of yeah, got yeah. like I got like to the village, and then like then like right after that, I was basically set up to go to the the Lady D part, which I mean that entire section is probably about three hours, like mm-hmm. her uh, her area. Uh, and then, like, after that, you go back to the village and you can kind of, like, you unlock some stuff you can do in the village. And then after that, you go to, like, the the, the second part or the, the second area, um, which that one was only about an hour. Hmm. So that, I mean, tells you how much longer, yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. like, the Lady D, which I really, that was my favorite part. So the I was going to say, isn't that one more closer to, like, old school Resident Evil style? Like, you're, like, in a mansion-y type area, right? Like, it's a little castle, quote unquote, right? No, that the the castle is the first uh, is the. Lady oh, D. okay, okay, yeah. 
uh, the the second area. I don't want to spoil what the area is. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't need to. uh, But like, all I'm gonna say is this. I think the reason why I like this is they actually take the weapons away from you. Mm, Yes. That and that's just like you're gonna be solving the the Resident Evil puzzles and running around doing that. Mm -hmm. So like, there's literally no action in that entire area. Interesting. You do not have any weapons. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you kind of go back to the village because the village is like the central location of the game. And so you just kind of keep going back there. Mm-hmm. Then you go to like a third area, which that third area is probably about an hour and a half. It took me to get through that entire area. So once again, I mean, it tells you the lady D area is much bigger Then you go back to the village. And then you go to like what ends up being like the fourth area. That one's probably about the same size as the lady D another like three hours. Um, which uh, that one that one is where like the action game really kind of takes off yes. like that one is uh that that area is just basically like a first person shooter level um not even exaggerating it, it this is where you're going to be spending most of your ammo and stuff that you've been building up throughout the game and then like the last part is about an hour so like i probably spent about 11 to 12 hours into the game so like the lady d is a about a quarter of the game so like mm. to say like she's just like one level i think is a little disingenuous because she is a bigger aspect of the game than like people yeah know, but like she's not she is not the main villain of that game no, no by no, any no. stretch of the imagination i can't remember the name of the like true villain but people did seem to like him uh or them. I, w- I don't know if it's a guy or it was a lady it okay. was another lady yeah i just saw the name so i didn't know if it was what it was but people seem to like them Okay, we are back. Somehow the past couple weeks, weird things happened while we are podcasting. Uh, something strange happened. We had some technical difficulties, but we were just kind of wrapping up the Resident Evil 8 discussion. Sure. Um, I don't remember where we I left think off. about the final villain, and it's actually a lady. But I yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The name, so I didn't know. Yeah, and I don't want to like spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I'm, because like that game is very fresh. I mean, it's been out a week, so I don't want to. That's why I thought I thought like I was saying something that was like a huge spoiler, and that's Mm -hmm. why you were like, "What's happening?" But it was really that it was disconnecting. Yes, and being weird. So I was like, "Oh no, did I like spoil all of Resident (laughs) Evil Eight or something?" Uh, No, Uh, like what happened is your your video like uh, just kind of froze, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." Yeah. But that's weird because I could see you react to that. I don't know. Mm. That's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you were gone. And then it was just me by myself. Talking. And same same for me. It was mm. I was by myself and I couldn't stop the podcast. Mm. So. So now you get get to edit the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be something else. Uh, but yeah, so Resident Evil 8, you liked it. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I had yeah. a lot of fun. Um I, I kind of wish they had like an option to just kind of go back into that game and just kind of clean things up. But just the way it's structured, they don't really allow that stuff. So like, mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, like Resident Evil games are made to replay over and over again. And yeah. Just... And they're meant to be able to be run through in like four hours. So, yes. I mean, I think there's a, a trophy an achievement for doing it in three. Yes. Usually it's three or four for most of them. But yeah, usually you can run through super quick if you know what you're doing and yeah. you can carry over guns and upgrades and stuff. So yeah yeah i mean i could absolutely see you getting through that very quickly if you knew what knew what you were doing so yes because i definitely took my time especially in that in that first area the the lady d area Mm because there's there's a lot to explore and i was looking in every nook and cranny so yeah uh but i guess that means we're 
ready to move on to the third part. Yes. Which will make Manny. Oh, uh, so I, d- I don't, I'm going to be sad, but I don't think I'll cry now. Okay, uh, good, good. So yeah, the final, the final thing we're going to talk about here is giant bomb, which is weird because mm. it is a video game website slash podcast. Whereas we are a video game podcast. Uh, uh, but like, I would say we probably wouldn't be doing this if giant bomb didn't exist no i I would say that's true so people might not know what giant bomb is which always Mm -hmm. blows my mind when people are like i don't know what that is what are you talking about and i'm like what the fuck do you mean what am i talking about uh giant bomb is my favorite website on the internet and has been since it started uh i think giant bomb official started the website launched in uh 2008 the summer of 2008 uh before that it was just just jeff gerstman and ryan davis recording a podcast called arrow pointing down uh for a bit while they figured out uh what they wanted to name the thing they were creating um i've been going back and Mm -hmm. re-listening they uh it was just the two of them doing giant bomb for the first couple months oh weird um yeah it was like the first three were arrow pointing down and then after that they started giant bomb and then they did have like a blog website type of thing yeah they had a blog but it wasn't like the website website yes, yes. Yeah, yeah yeah which was called giant bomb then mm. um and then eventually they uh they brought in a couple new guys uh brad and Vinny, mm-hmm. and that's really when things kind of started taking off for them yeah, so they were a company called Whiskey Media that uh, agreed to help them, like basically a startup thing um, with some web designers like Dave Snyder and Sean Koontz. And uh, they were going to help them build a website. So they're, they're set up to this beforehand. And that is that Jeff Gerstman worked at GameSpot since its inception. Uh, I believe like 1996 or something, they started doing stuff with GameSpot. Um and that is where I had first seen Jeff Gersman. That's where I had first seen Ryan Davis. And then a lot of people that were on the periphery of their website, like uh, um, Greg Kasavin, who now is the one of the co-founders of Supergiant Games, making such hot hits as uh, Hades. And Greg is actually the voice of Hypnos in um, in Hades his voice like sped up and pitched up which is pretty funny if you know his voice and uh so like i watched their reviews like i watched their content when they were at GameSpot, but it was never mm-hmm. one of those things where it was like i, I don't know like it was never a personality-based website right they sure. were they were they did some things like all the most personality-based content on that website uh, was probably from Jeff that I remember, right? Like he used to do user blogs from his bedroom when he was addicted to getting Xbox achievements, mm. talking about how he was getting thousands of achievements or whatever. Sadly, all those videos are lost to time. I believe all the user videos were deleted. But um, well, and I, they had the hotspot. They was... had the hotspot, which was Rich Gallup was the host of that. He wanted to start a podcast when podcasts were brand new, and they had no way to monetize it. Mm-hmm. And they needed a lot of like space to host it. And people were like, this is stupid. Why would we do this? Uh, and he, Rich was always a proponent of, Hey, I think we could make money off this, which now is proven because every podcast has a hundred sponsors except ours. And, uh, 
it's like I think we could get Squarespace. I I think we could get Squarespace. I think we could get sponsors. I don't know that it would help very much and isn't really useful for what we are doing here because it's just two people bullshitting mm -hmm. about something we're interested in. Um, I don't know if I want to monetize this. No, I I wouldn't either. That that ruins a lot of it for me. But that is what always felt genuine about the hotspot to me was it is basically like unadulterated these dudes and sometimes ladies bullshitting about things they like and specifically about video games because it's for a video game website and where this all kind of crumbled was when jeff got fired uh over a review he did of kanan lynch Mm -hmm. um which is an io interactive game uh when they weren't making hitman they're trying to make kane and lynch and it was like not a great game and he didn't even give it that bad of a score i think like a six out of ten it was only like a six out of ten but because at the time it was still idos uh i believe it was still idos anyways they were um they were buying ads on GameSpot, and some higher up looked at that and was like how could you give this game a low score or whatever. And he ended up getting fired for it. Uh, And that prompted him to rethink a lot of things about how he viewed video game coverage. And it was the thing that he had been most passionate about and doing his whole life. And so him and his friend, Ryan, who also worked at GameSpot decided to make giant bomb, which they wanted to be a website that was based around games they were interested in like they still wanted to be about video games but they wanted Mm -hmm. to be about things that they felt passionate about like one of the things that was early on weird about GameSpot is they were reviewing every game that came out like barbie's magic dream house on the game boy color you gotta review that shit like Mm -hmm. in every single game and that's how another person who was also leaving giant bomb alex navarro got his start was reviewing just terrible awful dog shit games for GameSpot um uh, yeah i mean they were at the time they were directly competing with like ign yes uh and i assume i don't know if like the magazines per se because like the magazines were very different they yes. were like they were like because like they were competing with like the internet like ign was probably the big one at the time yeah and uh like one up and one things up. like that um so yeah, they they ended up trying to make this website and they ended up partnering with Whiskey Media uh, mm-hmm. to like make a website. But that part of that was Jeff is very into video game history and yes. preserving video games. So he wanted to make a, like an all encompassing video game wiki. Right. And so that's one of the things that ended up happening with Whiskey Media was they also had a website called Comic Vine uh anime vice and then that eventually went to screened which is about movies and i think there was another one that might have like gotten botched pretty early on that they Mm. didn't end up really doing anything with i think they were like looking at a wrestling one at one point that would that was the one yes they were going to do that but it was basically like they were creating this wiki and dave snyder and the gurus uh were basically trying to make their own instead of using like the wiki back end like people use now they're trying to make their own uh, thing and it ends up being pretty successful i think giant bomb still has a very good wiki and for a long time until actually within the past two years i think uh twitch was using the giant bomb api to 
put out uh, for their games, their list of games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and while Giant Bomb isn't necessarily still the most filled out wiki, if you want like information about wildly weird and obscure video games and to find like specifically screenshots without watermarks, Giant Bomb is one of the best places to do that. Mm. And anyone can just make an account and go edit it. Uh, and you before it was a big deal because you could get points and people were competing so you could get the most points or whatever. Now the wiki seems to have like fallen to the wayside for a lot of listeners, I think. Um, but originally that was a big deal. That first summer I spent a lot of time uh, making character pages and doing all kinds of weird stuff. But the reason that Giant Bomb is and was special is because it is that unadulterated opinions of these people it's Mm -hmm. not being filtered through the lens of like oh my god we are being sponsored by this corporation like Mm -hmm. we have to uh basically be beholden to them because they're sending us games for free and we want to be able to keep doing this it was just like we are going to be a smaller team and we're going to take the appointments we want to take we're going to talk about games honestly and we're going to do it the way we want to do it Mm -hmm. and so that was what their podcast started off as. Uh, but I mean, it was also them just like taste testing energy drinks a yes. lot at the beginning. <laughs> Jeff and Ryan really loved energy drinks. So they would do that a lot. Um, and yeah, like the, the reason I like giant bomb is because it doesn't feel like bullshit. And well, it, it is bullshit, but like, well, it's but like real the, good, the good kind of bullshit, but you know what I mean? Like yes, it is, yes. it is the true genuine version of these people. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like some weird manufactured personality. Like that is why I don't like watching a lot of YouTubers and a lot of Twitch streamers. And it is because they have manufactured a personality for themselves that like is not who they are. Did you like going completely off track? Did you see that tweet that Ninja had this week? Yes, about, about his, his lawless wife. wife? Yes, it's like weird. what is? Yeah, like who? Why would you ever tweet that? Like, I, I it's bizarre. I guess like I guess to his like twelve year old fan base, it like might be cool. I have no idea. I don't know. It was it, yeah, that's very weird. But like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of streamers and stuff that. I feel like is just like this weird manufactured personality to like make money. And like the way YouTube videos are often edited is like, it is the perfect cut of this thing I made. Whereas the reason I still like watching a lot of giant bomb videos and always did is because it was like, people now are looking for a short curated experience on YouTube. Like if your video is like a 15 minute, super well edited thing, it's going to do really well. If it is outside of that, probably not. The algorithm is going to tell you to fuck off. It's not Mm going to do well. Giant bombs. Average stream is like two and a half hours long. A lot of the time. And that is the kind of shit I want to see. Like, I want to see you play this fucking game. I want to see it be un- like uh, the unadulterated shit. I want to see how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your fucking two hour podcast. I want to hear all of your thoughts on this dumbass video game. I want to see you guys fuck around on stream for three hours. Like, I want to see that stuff. And it gives you the opportunity to see them interact and like you just you get to know the people you know what i mean like not that you literally know them but that you know what they are about like you have an idea of what they like where they have been that you see them growing over time or you like see them coming into new interests and you know what they used to be like and we always say that in this podcast but it's important to know who is behind a review when they're reviewing a game because 
if you know that your opinion aligns with them or if it doesn't, you're mm-hmm. going to know whether or not you should take that review seriously. It's often less about the number associated with it and more about the text and the person behind it. Right. Which is why I like podcasts because I can kind of listen and do other things. But like, that's how I kind of know like what games I should be picking up and stuff mm-hmm. is just listening to podcasts and, you know, giant bomb's been great about like that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And so the, the reason the giant bomb and specifically the giant bomb cast, which is the most popular thing they produce, I, uh, that's why it got popular. It's mm-hmm. these guys who are very relatable, just shooting the shit, always being honest. And I think that has kind of come full circle and bit them in the ass semi recently is because when you see complaints about giant bomb now, it's always like, I can't believe people watch these jaded old fucks. And like, they're just so jaded about everything. And it's like, you think about it, Jeff and like, uh, Andy McNamara, were mm-hmm. probably the two people who had been in the gaming industry the longest, like consistently. Uh, the other one would be Reiner, who is yeah, because he's Reiner's been in it, I think, at, as long, if not a little longer than even Gersman. Yeah, and so like th- they have seen all the games, they have sure. seen all the marketing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, like if a game isn't doing something drastically different, like they don't care that much, and so it's why specifically Jeff Gersman of Giant Bomb, his tastes are weird. And like you see that over the course of all these years, but you know, like, oh, Jeff's going to probably like this game. And he has just very weird eclectic tastes, but they built a team around that in a really weird way where mm-hmm. like Vinny Caravella is was the video producer and but also the story guy, but also like, yeah, the, the story guy, like he was way into story based video games like Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. I got it right here. I'm going to think mm-hmm. about Vinny the whole time I play it because Vinny fucking loves Mass Effect, right? Brad is really into like cool video game tech and shit like that. He really likes old Doom. Like I could tell you what games each of these people like and like why they like them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like this website. And it is one of those things where like the reason I like this website so much is because I don't know. It's it always felt when we were younger, like liking the things that we like is not something that you would ever admit to someone. I we grew up in a weird time. Yes. Like we graduated in 08 and it Mm. seems like video games and nerd culture got popular after that. Yes, for sure. Where like, yeah, like I I spent a lot of high school like not playing a lot of video games and when i did i didn't really talk about it much and then like but like there were weird ones that did get like weirdly popular like Mm. rock band i remember was like weirdly popular with everyone yeah yeah uh but like yeah for the most part like uh like nobody was talking about like metal gear solid and this was like (laughs) well sure sure but i mean this was 2008 and like in high school like people wouldn't be talking about metal gear solid and stuff i I skipped i skipped school to play that in fact um which I mean, that would have been senior year. Yeah. So like that's yeah. yeah that's... I skipped school to play Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> but like the the reason that I like still appreciate them as much as I do to this day is because like they never were like ashamed to like the stuff they like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, hey man, if you are who you are, people are gonna gravitate towards that and they're gonna like that, and like that is something that has always stuck with me and like even shows through in their content a lot of the time. 
Um, and I think that's really important, right? And they were one of the first, if not the first, to like start that model of a personality based thing. Like now that happens a lot on Patreon. Whereas mm-hmm. they didn't have a Patreon, they just did this with their website and then they started the subscription model a couple years later where you pay like 50 bucks a year to get some of the premium videos or the podcast without ads and things like that. But like now you look at websites that are like Giant Bomb, quote unquote, and you have like kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when Greg Miller and Colin Morty already left IGN because they like wanted to do their own thing, which I mean, like they also weirdly, they were working at IGN and it was like, it wasn't just Colin and it was also Nick and um, what's, I can't believe I, he's still Tim. there. Tim, they were doing kind of funny while still working at IGN. Yeah. They just couldn't talk about video games or anything like nerd culture or, or anything. <laughs> so like they were very limited, but they had, they were already able to kind of build up that base. Uh, where like Jeff was just like, I mean, he, he will talk. He, he's talked about like when he was working at GameSpot, like he, he envisioned his entire life working at GameSpot. Yes. And then he was just completely blindsided getting fired over some review. Yeah. Which I mean, like, it's interesting. You listen to him. It wasn't just that review. He was having problems. With, yeah. Like, he was having problems and it wasn't just him. It was pretty yeah. like a, pretty much. I think everyone was having problems with management at the time. Yes. Uh, but like, and that was kind of like the final straw type of thing, like that, that review, but like, yes, that kind of like, and then I think like Ryan pretty much left like immediately after that. Yes. A lot of them did. Um, yes. the, the people that they're very close with. Um, and it, it's weird to see because like the people that I associate with giant bomb that weren't directly working there, like mm-hmm. Greg, uh, and, and other people like that, they, have gone on to do other wild things. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Greg always was like way into just the deepest, sickest lore all the time. And then like, now he is one of the co-founders of super giant and like the games they make, like it's fucking awesome that like, he realized like his actual dream and like Mm -hmm. that shit's crazy. And like all the people that surrounded them, like did that thing. You know what I mean? Like, because they all just cultivated that environment or whatever. And like, we're all very close and tight knit. And so it like, it's, it's why Vinny was able to move over. It's why Brad was able to move over. It's why Alex like hovered around the periphery for so long and like Mm -hmm. was kind of on their podcast and still talked about video games, but then like was doing other things. Like he was still, he was the harmonics uh, community manager. And then he went to write it screened. And then when he left screen, he ended up writing a giant bomb. Like it's why Matt Rory worked at GameSpot and he did a lot of the guides. Then Mm -hmm. he went on to, I can't remember. Was it GameSpy games radar? He like worked there for like a week and then they went out of business. Yeah. Cause like he, I mean, and, it was and, yeah, like he, it was like Rory and Alex. I thought like joined like at the same time type of thing. It was because Screen shut down, mm-hmm. uh, and they, Rory was the main editor for Screened, and like mm-hmm. they both are way into movies, and so they did that stuff. I mean, Rory had worked at fucking Obsidian for fuck's sake, yeah. like, and he made all those guides, but then he ended up coming back and was able. They were able to fold him in and that into what they had made. And it, it's just wild to me, like, and. I thought I would be alone 
even though this is a dumb thing to think and like being sad about a lot of the main people leaving. But the amount of that same sentiment I saw on Twitter is fucking wild. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not like giant bomb has been the same the whole time, right? Like it started just Ryan and Jeff. And then very shortly after that, they brought in uh, Vinny as the video producer and Brad and Vinny started slowly making his way into more and more of the full on content as time went on. And then he was one of the main guys. And because everybody fucking loved him because he's just the most genuine, big, lovable Italian man wearing a V neck black t-shirt. Well, it also like, I mean, like, because it was just the four of them, I mean, Vinny had to be on the podcast every yeah, week as well. As so he like, was recording it at the same time. Like, yeah. Yes. And then, like, Drew ended up coming in. Uh, I think he was an intern originally, but then they ended up hiring him to do video production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he ended up, like, working with Vinny, but then Vinny more transitioned to doing the actual stuff while Drew was on the sidelines doing it. But then Drew evolved Mm -hmm. into becoming someone that people would see. And like, that was why it was so cool is like, you see these people like Drew come in and interact. They like make them like their family, like Dave Snyder, who just fucking works on the website. Like they would have Dave come in and do stuff with them. They would have Sean Koontz come in and do stuff with them. And it was just cool. And like, Ryan and Jeff are just genuine fucking people. They all are. And like they have Mm. Ryan especially has this aura of like pulling people in. He could get anyone to talk. He could get anyone to fucking do anything while simultaneously dunking (laughs) all over them and being so mean, but in a nice way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like people love that. And then it it just sucks because then Ryan passed away. uh, And well, before that, I mean, like they brought in Pat. Yeah, they they brought in Patrick Klepek and like then Patrick has gone on to do things like he fucking worked at Kotaku. But I I mean, you really look at like before Patrick and like after it's very obvious, like how much of an impact he had on on, you know, like Giant Bomb. Yeah, on Giant Bomb, for sure. And like, yeah, so then over time, the entire cast and crew would have been Jeff and Ryan start it. Then you have Vinny and Brad coming on. Then mm. you have uh, Drew, Drew as yeah. a video producer. Um, but then they added uh, Alex eventually. No, I think Patrick came in like before Alex. Well, but Alex still it was one of the technically one of the founders of the thing. It's yeah, very like, weird because yeah, he was Alex like was, there because he mm-hmm. was friends with Ryan and him. So like that one is weird. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then Patrick, which Patrick was very different from them because he's mm-hmm. younger overall and like also was just more of like a news guy right and and that I mean, was he's a the one thing he's the one who broke the the xbox uh the the one yeah. going away from the online stuff mm-hmm. um, uh but yeah it, it, but like patrick came in and then as you said like the unfortunate thing with ryan passing away um and that and then like after that things kind of just kind of got gloomy for a little while yeah, for a little while, but I mean, I think they did come out of that, and I think they really well, I, and tried I, very hard. I, the big thing was bringing in Dan. Yeah, I, I mean, but before that, they brought in Austin. Like, they, they ended up splitting off. Sure, sure. Uh, like, uh, Vinny and Alex moved to New York while well, Alex was in New York for before that, and then Vinny moved out there as well. Which to go back home originally had, from New Yeah, York. and then they had Giant Bomb East, but then mm-hmm. they brought in Austin, 
Mm-hmm. And even though Austin was only there for a year, to me, that feels like such a huge, long part of Giant Bomb history because I love Austin Walker so much. Literal doctorate working mm-hmm. at a fucking dumb video game website. Uh, and he ended up leaving like after his first year because he was offered the position to start Waypoint at Vice. And he figured I should, you know, I should take this because mm-hmm. I might never get an opportunity like this again. Um, and so that was really cool. And Dan overlapped. Uh, well, they had hired Dan around that same time, Dan and yes. Jason. But Dan moved to New York and he overlapped with Austin very briefly. No. Yes, he did. They were at E3 together. I uh, they, But like Dan was in California. Yeah, he was years. in California then. But I mean, they overlapped very briefly in their time at Giant Bomb. Like that E3 was Weed 3. And that is one of the best E3s of all. Uh, yeah, yes. But like, okay, yes. Because like Dan was in like... Because he didn't go until 2016, 2017 to New York. I thought you were saying he no, no, no. To he, New York. Okay. No, Austin, they hired Austin before Dan is what I was saying. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, but yes, you're right. Like Dan and Austin were both together. But like Dan coming in, I think, just kind of like reinvigorated West, who hadn't fully recovered from Brian. Yeah. And I mean, people like to say that Brad never showed any real emotion and always seemed to not really care. But I mean, he did for sure. Uh, but I think Dan definitely reinvigorated them a lot yes. with his just sheer fucking stupidity overall. Yes. And, and Dan like him or not, he just has this personality that he can pretty much go onto any podcast and just kind of click with whoever is there. Mm-hmm. But the problem that people have is he has a very dominating personality and he has a tendency to take over. And it's like, I understand people not liking that, but like, he also has like a lot better self-awareness than people ever give him credit. Yeah. Uh, like, cause when it's a stupid topic, he is front and center. Mm-hmm. but anytime there was any time to talk about anything serious, he would always just kind of keep out of it. Cause he just never felt like he was smart enough to, to have those conversations, which I always kind of respected Dan for, for that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, Dan also like had no self-awareness and then like grew into that as well. Sure, sure. Right. Like there's new Dan now and he, <laughs> yes, like, new Dan. He'll, he'll try new things and like do mm-hmm. other stuff. But yeah, it, like when Dan and Jason joined, cause Jason was, replacing Vinny's leaving to go to the East coast. They needed another video producer person to help Mm -hmm. drew out. Um, And so, yeah, Jason was that, and he was mostly behind the scenes for a while, even though he became known as the fighting game guy. And then he ended up going on to now he is on all their podcasts because he has to be, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but like, yeah, then you get to know about Jason as well. And like they, Dan and him both came over from game informer. And so it was cool that they like had this rapport already and then were able mm-hmm. to integrate so well into that group of people. And then you have a while where they don't really have many new people. Like uh, I can't remember the order of everything, but like Drew moves on. Um, Patrick moves on. Austin Patrick moves on. Uh, it was. I think Austin left. Pa- I mean, Patrick left before Austin ever worked there. Yes, because Pat, but Patrick and Dan, there was some overlap. There was, yeah, but like Patrick's situation was weird because his he ended up moving back to Chicago, where he's originally from, uh, like around the time his dad passed away, mm-hmm. and that was hard for him. Um, and obviously, Ryan's Ryan's death was very hard for Patrick as well. 
Um, and then he was basically just like on an island by himself mm-hmm. while Alex was also on an island by himself in the East Coast. And that's why they had their really great podcast every morning, Scoops and the Wolf. Mm. Uh, and I wish they would start doing that podcast. I'm going to fucking love that podcast. Uh, and they would just talk about the news early in the morning. But like that was also the time when Patrick got way into Spelunky because even though he wasn't with the guys all the time, he was still trying to like put out new content and it ended up just being really hard for him. And that's why he ended up leaving and going to Kotaku was because he just couldn't keep up with being like by himself and like trying to put out all this content uh, on his own. So he ended up going more towards the writing side, which is fair because he loves writing and that is his main focus. Uh, He's a good writer. Yeah, for sure. Good writer. Um, and, and so that, that, that stuff is cool, but then there was like giant bomb, the new generation, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas they, they hired Ben pack who, uh, was an intern at one point, uh, Mm -hmm which is really weird because they made really bizarre content. Like they were forcing them to make walkthroughs, not forcing. It was Ethan of whiskey media, like had them make walkthroughs. So if you still, I believe if you go to the giant bomb YouTube page, you can find Skyrim guides on where Mm. to get all the Daedric weapons that (laughs) Matt Kessler made. And Ben, I I think he's the dark souls bosses. I can't I can't remember. Then there was another intern whose name I, I cannot remember offhand, uh, but they did a, a series called Betting the Farmville, uh, where two of them competed in Farmville. That did that did not end, I believe. I think they canceled it before it ended. I, mm. I loved that feature. Uh, and so, yeah, then Ben joined Abby Russell joined mm-hmm. uh, and she joined the East Coast. Ben joined the West Coast and then blast. Jan Ochoa joined the West Coast as a video producer. Uh, and so it w- I love Jan. And I love Jan I- was Jan replaced um, Drew. Drew. Drew, yes. Uh, and Jan was originally like way more behind the scenes, kind of like Drew was. But then they found out that he is the coolest person <laughs> ever. And I love every time Jan talks. Uh, and like, I like Ben too. And I, I do think that he. It's a weird thing because what a lot of people said outside of Dan that ended up coming into it after the fact said like, holy shit, I watch this content and I, I love these people. Like I look up Mm -hmm. to these guys and it's why I'm doing this. I think it was like hard for them to adjust at first to like, oh shit, now I'm part of this. Uh, Well, I think especially for Ben, I think Dan had the benefit of being like the weird, crazy guy at Game Informer. Yes. So he was already used to like the heat. Yes, but and he, he had also, already. Learned... I think part of it helped that Dan does not watch content like video game related content. I yes, and he also. But I'm. I think he learned then stay off the internet and avoid like comments and stuff. Yes, and, for sure. But he also like didn't have the knowledge of like how people feel about certain things that be like video features at giant mm-hmm. bomb or whatever. Like he sure, didn't sure. have that context. Whereas like yes. 
Patrick, Ben, and Jan have that context. And like, well, not even Austin as well. Like Austin Austin as well. Sure. And he was a broke ass grad student. It was like the only thing he could do was watch giant bomb content, right? Like he couldn't afford a lot of games and stuff. I mean, just listening to like the game of the year stuff, they like the year Austin was there. He was like, oh, I've listened to all of these. Yeah. I am prepared. He he knew he had a strategy for (laughs) it. And like, I think that's super cool. And like Ben, was like, oh shit, this is like my dream job. Never thought this would happen. Got to do an internship and then got to do that. And he tried really hard and people mm-hmm. were very harsh on him. Um, Abby, people are also very harsh on as well. Um, and and I like I like most of the content Abby put out. Uh, I like most of the stuff that Ben had tried, even though I think Ben was more hit or miss. Uh, still, I think he really put his all into it. Like all these people are just very genuine people and they tried really hard, right? And so where giant bomb is at now is a really weird thing because even though abby and ben were like a new generation of giant bomb Mm -hmm. they both left within a very short period of time uh and dan left dan is a little bit different though because he got a job at the wwe making a podcast and he's like the world's number one wrestling fan right so that made sense but well he's not even he wanted to get out of the spotlight Mm -hmm. and just go behind the scenes and then he decided i'm just going to become the most streamer as streamer i could possibly be and just be in the spotlight at all times yeah and is where like abby leaving i still don't quite get because she quit and now she just streams video games as a streamer Mm -hmm. and like that's interesting uh but they were being bought out by a new company giant bomb has had a weird history right like GameSpot was owned by cbsi and originally whiskey media got bought by cbsi so then giant bomb was under the same umbrella as GameSpot, but Mm -hmm. then they got sold again to a media company called red ventures which is where they are now and so that leads me to believe that something about that acquisition is why abby ended up leaving uh it makes me think that that same thing is why ben ended up leaving i kind of wonder if Ben, I remember him, Ben saying like he was given an opportunity to leave and he decided to take it. I'm wondering if he was given, given like a severance. Possibly. Here's here's some money if you leave and then we don't have to keep paying you like a salary. Possibly. So he was like, I'm going to just take this money and for my mental health, I am just going to run away from this situation. <laughs> that is what it seems like. It seems like he did it for his mental health. Like, I don't want to yes. speak for these people because I don't, we don't actually know them personally, but that, that is what it seemed like. And Ben also had worked in like marketing and other things before giant bomb. So like he, he came from a different job, you know what I mean? So he could go back to doing stuff like that. Sure. Uh, and so then you had these two new people left and Dan was also gone to a new job and like it, I don't know. Like I still liked their content and I think they did interesting stuff, but it was very clear. Like they needed new hires, but what was happening was they were not hiring anyone because it would be weird because they were moving over to a new company. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you don't also everything's remote only. So like with COVID it's weird to hire new people who are only remote, who have never like interacted with you in person and you're switching over to a new company. So you want to wait to do that. Um, and then <laughs> the three people that I love so much announced a couple weeks ago on the same episode of the Bombcast that they were all leaving at the same time. Vinny Caravella, Brad Shoemaker, and Alex Navarro. 
who are like three people who like are giant bomb. Like they mm-hmm. are original people who are there forever. And it I just, mean, yeah, like yeah. I, I, Vinny and Brad, as you said, like, except for like the two months they've been there all along. Yes. And like, they are what giant bomb is to me. Like even Alex, mm-hmm. because he was there from the beginning and like was there in the periphery and would show up on all kinds of shit, even yes. when he didn't work there. Like, and did you know him from like the GameSpot days? As yeah, well? yeah. I, 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 Alex's review of uh, Big Rigs is one of the most famous reviews on the internet. I think it still might be the most viewed GameSpot review on YouTube. Hmm. Uh, and like he did this really funny thing about reviewing the RoboCop game, uh, which is excellent. Um, yeah, so he, I, I knew him from back then as well. And so like it's one of those things where these three people who make this website announce that they're leaving, and all these other people had left too. And while the website is not over because Jeff, one of the two actual co-founders is still there mm-hmm. doing it. And like I said, I love Jan. He is still there. Uh, Jason Ostriker is still there and Rory is still there, but it's four people for a whole website that is like this huge personality conglomerate. Right. And it doesn't mean that the website is ending, but a reason, the reasons that a lot of people love that website are ending and the future of it is kind of unclear. Um, and it, it it's weird, right? Because you don't know what's happening. While people seem positive about it on the last Beast cast, Vinny was very positive about the changes that are coming up. Every The last episode of the Bombcast was still very good. Hmm. Uh, it's just that they haven't said what's going to happen. And I wonder, actually, if while we are recording this, they're talking about what is going to happen in the future on this Friday stream they always do. Oh, I wonder. I, I don't know. But it was either at the end of like this week or the coming week, Jeff wanted to talk about where it was going in the future and what was going to happen. And what I hope is happening, what I hope to be the future of Giant Bomb is that it is they hire a bunch of new people for Jeff to mentor and continue this thing on that they had built. Here's my only concern with that. Uh Uh-huh. The internet had issues with Ben and Abby. So so I, 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 so like they, and like just completely shitty to them. Imagine these new people coming in and having to replace Vinny, Brad and Alex. And so that is why I think it will be very hard for people to do. And I, like Mm -hmm. I, I said this when I started talking to people about why I want that to happen. These people have the hardest time ever. They that's that's all I'm saying. Like they will have this will be an they they will have a hard time and they will assuredly tell them that in the interview process, especially if they don't already follow Giant Bomb and know that. But they would they will have to have a will of steel to deal with how shitty people are. They would have to bring in someone like Austin. Yeah, if so, they could some, somehow bring in like if they yeah, could somehow some, bring back so, Austin. someone who has been doing it for a long time. But I I do believe that it should be a group of new people that they hire mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily already in the games industry, or or even if they are right, if they're lesser mm-hmm. known people like uh, Khalif Adams or something like who does Spawn on Me, like people who have their own following but like are not necessarily like huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so who knows, who knows what it'll end up being. I hope it is that I hope it's just like new giant bomb, <laughs> like sure. new Pokemon snap. And like, I will grow to love whatever that website becomes. As long as Jeff is there, as long as there is someone there 
to keep it being what I want it to be, where it is like a genuine thing, I I will subscribe to that website forever until it is gone. I will pay them $50 a year until there is nothing for me to pay $50 a year to. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I have that much respect for Jeff that I think that they can make a cool thing. The one thing I do not want to happen, and I'm still pretty worried about, is that they are going to make it Red Ventures Gaming and that GameSpot and Giant Bomb will roll into one thing. And I do not want that at all. Sure. As much as I love the people that work at GameSpot right now, like Tamar Hussein and Lucy James, uh, I don't want that. Uh, because I think they are still separate enough in the way they cover games. Well, the fact that Giant Bomb doesn't really cover games, quote unquote, they just play them and talk about them. Whereas like they GameSpot still goes to press events and does all kinds of wild shit and like sponsorship deals and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't, it's weird. And like people don't, it, it's hard to tell people why I cried about a website. <laughs> and, and it's because like, I, and it's I not, it's, it's not as weird here because like, I know that you have also like that website and I know that you know who I am as a person. I, and I think like the other issue is like people just, I mean, like I think the easiest is like, are you sad when like your favorite TV show ends? Yeah. But the big difference there is a TV show, you know, when it's ending, like you can yes. tell when a it's, TV it's show like is wrapping up. This was just a blindside out of nowhere type of thing. Like I assumed Vinny, Alex and Brad were just going to do this until they were like 60 years old and just retired. I always figured Vinny would be the next person to leave, honestly, because of the way he talks on the beast cast a lot. See, like, but I, I kind of stopped listening. Yeah, to... but like, I, I always assumed Vinny would be the next person to leave just because mm-hmm. of where he is at in his life with having kids and a new house mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, it just always seemed like he wouldn't be able to do this forever. Wouldn't want, not that he wouldn't be able to, that he wouldn't want to do it forever. Right. And so it was hard for him to make as a choice, as is mm-hmm. very, so very evident on the last episode of the Beast cast where they get back everyone who had ever worked at Giant Bomb East on one podcast. Goddamn, that episode is so fucking sad because he cries right at the beginning and he cries at the end. And it is like one of the saddest things of all time. Um, their final stream, not as sad. No one mm. actually cried except for Jason. Uh and it's just it's one of those things where it's a, I do the TV show analogy is very apt, but it is one of those things that I have listened to those people's voices and watched their videos for a minimum on average of four or more hours a week since mm-hmm. the summer of 2008. <laughs> sure. Like that is such a large amount of time. It is mm-hmm. a large portion of my entire existence, my entire life. A 13 you're 31 and 13 years That's i was about... fucking 18 years old mm-hmm. when i started listening to these guys and i listened to them for hours every week and like yeah. it's just so crazy to think that i will not be able to just go to the website or boot up a podcast on my phone and hear Vinny talk or hear brad talk although i can still hear brad talk every week because he does a tech podcast with uh will smith mm. not the actor right 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 people if they listen to our podcast maybe know who will smith is he used to work at tested that's the other website whiskey media did Mm. i knew i had forgotten and that's very important will smith and norman chan 
Tested still exists. It got bought by uh, Mythbusters. Um, yeah, like you and I very like I got into Giant Bomb because of you. Yes. Um, which I was like, it, it's it's one of those weird things where it's like I don't feel like I've really listened to them that much, and then I thought about it and I was like, I started listening to them in 2016. Yeah, dude. I mean, like it's and, been but five you, years. You also have gone back and listened to their old podcast. Like you've listened to hours and hours and hours of these dudes talk. And yes. It's just like the thought of that blows my mind. It's one of those things where like, I look at the stats of how much people have watched my dumb ass talk on YouTube. And it is shocking mm-hmm. how many hours people have watched me on YouTube. It is shocking how many hours people have listened to us talk about video games, a subject that we just think is cool. Oh, well, like, as I said, like, I wanted to do this because of the Bombcast. Like I, w- I came to you and asked if I could come on to your podcast yes. because I listened to the Bombcast and I was like, I think this is fun. Yeah, like, like, I, I think it's fun. I want to talk about it. And it's because uh, it's something that we are both genuinely interested in and mm-hmm. like doing. And yes. like that is why I always have loved Giant Bomb is because it always seemed like they were genuinely interested in mm-hmm. covering it and doing it. And we're interested in video games and like the people behind them. That is why I just the biggest loss is just them talking like every week, like these people that I you grow to love Mm -hmm. over time and like really respect. And like the fact that they might not have E3 interviews in the same way anymore like giant bomb at night it doesn't matter how old they are i will go back and watch giant bomb at e3 videos forever because i think they're just so interesting of them talking to developers and they all had such a wide array of connections Mm -hmm. that they could get anyone on there and then like they become part of the extended giant bomb family and like you know these people and they come back like you know dave lang and john vignaki and all these people that if you watch giant bomb you know who they are and it's only because they come to interact with these people they think are cool Yes. And while I do think they could still do the E3 interviews, I don't think they would ever be the same without the other people there in the background. Uh, and like, just like the amount of people that Alex gets to write guest top 10 lists at the end of every year, like he doesn't, he doesn't work there now. And that's yeah. so fucking wild. Like, will there be guests that many guest top 10 lists? next year will there be like a game of the year will there be a game of the year i love listening to these idiots argue about game of the year it is why ours is structured the way it is yeah we literally copied we basically copied and pasted what they did except that we don't deliberate for a a singular list we each have our own because well no we do the the topics though we do the topics that is true that is true and that is literally just like copying them it doesn't take as long because it's easier for two people to deliberate other than like four or six or eight or however many so like yeah and so it's like they have done all this stuff and like what i like about it other than that i respect them and they just do Mm. a thing that they are passionate about is like it's all about how the sausage is made like that those game of the year things were what they are and are as popular as they are because that's how they would do it back in the day behind the scenes at GameSpot, but they wanted Mm -hmm. to show that process, show how they got to that singular game of the year, how they made that list. Mm -hmm. Friendships are tried in those times. People yell, Mm -hmm. people get passionate, and it's just so real. And like that, that is like the, that is the whole thing. That is the whole thing. That is why I go back and listen to it. I don't care who, what, like wins or whatever. I don't care who wins or whatever. 
I just like listening to people argue about stupid bullshit. And he- you know, hear- right? Hearing their reasoning or like mm-hmm. hear specific things that they're really passionate about. And you're like, you know what? Austin would be really passionate about the fucking roguelite invisible ink. Like mm-hmm. that would be his kind of thing. And you like, I just, ah, the fact that those things might not exist in the same manner in the future, it bums me out to my core. But what I think is cool about it is it is still going to be a thing in the future. Like they're still keeping giant bomb, at least for the time being, we'll find sure. out what that is, but also that we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's some fills some of the gap for me, at least because then it's like, maybe I'm not listening to these idiots talk about video games for two hours a week, but I am talking about video games like an idiot for two hours a week. You, at can, least. you can yell at me for playing Metal sure, Gear Solid 4. I can yell at you at Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> now it makes me want to go back and listen to the best moments game of the year mm-hmm. when that came out because of near the end of that game. There are two specific scenes that I can think of that I remember them talking about. I, that I the love. reason why I got these two is because like these were the two like of that year. So like I was like, you know what? I'm going to start with the best of the 2008. I just so. remember Grand Theft Auto 4 was one of their first like big just straight up live streams of ryan fucking playing gta 4 Mm. when he went and got a copy of midnight and they just played for hours and hours talk about dumb shit play through the game like there are so many hours of giant bomb content on that website it is fucking buck ass wild can i make one suggestion yes don't go back and listen to the game of the year that year yeah listen to the spoiler cast for mgs4 maybe that's a that is a good one. I've I've listened to that several times because they just got the ending of that game is so buck wild. I have it downloaded. I I figured I'd listen to it, it is, after I play the game, not is, before. That yeah. seemed like a stupid idea it to did. do it before. It is it is crazy. But like yeah, mm-hmm. they and they would do those spoiler casts and things about games that they all were passionate Which, about. Which once again, whatever. we've done spoiler casts. We've done spoiler where did cast. I get that com- Where did I get that from? Yeah, Who knows? And, and it's just one of those things where like there are a lot of websites that are giant bomb like now like mm-hmm. easy, easy allies right like they they do that similar thing and that's people that were from uh game trailers and game informer coming together right mm-hmm. uh like kind of funny and th- there are all kinds of patreons you could go and back uh to to get stuff like that like you even outside of that like things like no clip right like danny was from yep. GameSpot, but he is a giant bomb family member he is on the Bombcast every week recently because they don't mm-hmm. have as many people uh but he came in he did a playthroughs of games with Vinny for giant bomb he was on their podcast he made an f1 podcast with some of those guys like oh and there was like ask dan anything oh dan- dancers, dancers dancers yes with dan and danny <laughs> <laughs> those are great still mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. And I love their well, disclaimer. that's that's why I go back and listen to the podcast because, like, especially like the last segment where we don't we don't have enough of an audience to get emails, so we have to kind of come up with our own section three. Mm-hmm. Giant bomb just gets emails, and like those hold up. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It's... And they there were those periods of time where they were about video games. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, not even a They're... little bit about video no, games. No, no, no. Just like you want to hear Jeff's opinions on rap, you want to hear what they think mm-hmm. about Cincinnati chili, you want to hear some wild shit stories. Like whatever you got, that shit is in there. And like that's also one of the reasons why their podcast is so popular is because mm-hmm. you want to hear video game news. Sure, you want to mm-hmm. hear a bunch of stupid bullshit of a bunch of people who know each other really well talking and answering questions. It's got that too. And yeah, it is just, 
it is one of those things that to me will forever be timeless. And I can go back and watch those videos. I can listen to those podcasts and still get enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. And like, even just the amount of people that I have gotten to know about their work, like the stuff that Mary Kish does at Twitch, the stuff that Danny does, uh, you know, uh, with no clip, the, the, the Which fucking they just did podcast new... that Mary, Mike Maharty and Dan do, you know? Well, what well, Danny just did a new video. It was like, he has a new Dishonored. Okay, I yeah, watched it. It's tight. Mm. Which um, I mean, they're all tight. Like that they're is, all like, they're all so good. Yeah, they're, like that's yeah. why Danny quit Gamespot was because they weren't letting him do shit like that. And he was like, mm-hmm. I can make video game documentaries. Fuck you guys. And I love that. And it's like it. it they also Giant Bomb over the years, especially at E3 and like GDC talks and stuff, has been a way for people to just get to know people that are behind games or people from other things like it's why so many people even know who most of the people that work at GameSpot are now it, it mm-hmm. is it is like why people know about dave lang and iron galaxy like it is uh, why people knew who adam boys was when he became uh, higher up at sony like it, it's it's just crazy like the the reach that this website had and the amount of people that it has affected is fucking wild and like even seeing people that have never been on their show that when it was announced that Vinny, brad and alex were leaving and moving on to something else the amount of people who i also respect and read their work being like i do what i do because of this website because of these people and mm-hmm. like people just being like yeah i met you one time and it's like, dude, you are like one of the head editors at Polygon. What do you mean you only met them one time and you're still nervous to be around them? Like, you do a similar thing. Yeah, but it's yeah. like people respect them and what they have done that much that it's a big deal. And so it's like when I was retweeting all of these sentiments and like being sad about it, and I have people that like used to watch me stream that are like fucking 17, 18 years old now. They have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. They've never heard sure. of any of these people. And like, to me, that's wild. But like, I have brought in many people that I know and made them listen to giant bomb. You are the reason uh, I'm the reason you listen to giant bomb. I'm mm-hmm. the reason my brother listens to giant bomb. I am the reason our friend Nukia listens to giant bomb. My college roommate, Rob, obviously because i would just watch fucking giant bomb videos all the time like people i know that don't even know about video games know about the website giant bomb my friend Mm -hmm. kelvin even though he is not as much into video games now he knows the website giant bomb because i forced him to watch stupid (laughs) videos against his will Mm -hmm. i my mom knows what giant bomb is right because like i have so much giant bomb clothing and they're like oh what the fuck is that and then you explain Mm -hmm. it my mom has probably seen more giant bomb videos than the average human being because she's just been around or seen them through osmosis because me and my brother were watching them when I was like home on college break and shit. You know what I mean? And it just like that, that alone is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it is just a wild thing that it is. It will not ever be the same because which some of my favorite members are gone, but it it will still be cool. And like, that's why I don't want it to be. I'm not as sad about it now is because I had my time to be sad. I cried during the final beast cast multiple times because Vinny cried. But when they did their final stream with them and they all just were like, all right, bye. It was like, I made me okay with it more for some reason. Mm. And also I think Vinny talking about how he thinks that going forward, 
it's really giant bombs gonna be really cool and they have really interesting good stuff ahead of them well jeff gersman is one of the smartest people in the industry yes and he is probably at the head of like all the decisions being made. So yeah, well, like, and then the other part of that, if you are is a fan Jeff of a giant <laughs> Jeff Bacalar as well, but like you have to trust Jeff. Yeah. Like I trust Jeff Gersman. And the other half of that is I trust Vinny when he says that it is going to be cool in the future. And when Jeff Bacalar, who used to work at Cena and was one of the main members of the giant beast cast, when he comes over to join the red ventures gaming team and they say he is one of the people that is helping them to make a lot of these decisions going forward about where they're going. I trust that. And it's because I've seen these people, I've seen the work they do and their whole thing is being honest and real. So if they say, hey, this is probably going to be cool or like, just trust us on this. Give us a little bit of time. I will do that because I, I, I have trusted their work for this many years. Why would sure. I not continue to now? I still believe in them. And even if it doesn't turn out that it's for me, that's fine. It's going to be for somebody. And like, I will always have all of those 8 trillion bajillion the hours of old podcasts and videos that I can watch and download whenever and even if they go away, people have downloaded all of those videos and podcasts, say, like, so they will yeah. never, ever be lost. <laughs> so I could get that if I wanted mm-hmm. to. Or the second they announce they're shutting down that website, I'm buying an 800 billion terabyte drive and I'm downloading every fucking video I can get my hands on. And I already have all the podcasts because I'm a psycho on my old hard drive because they were all on my iPod. Well, a lot of really? them. Really? So you them have all of them? I have a wow. lot of them still, yeah. So it's cool. And uh, like I said, it's weird that it is going to be very different and that we've talked about this website for an hour ish, 58 minutes at least. But like, it is important to me. It is important to you. It is why we do this podcast. Mm -hmm. It is an important thing to me. I talked to my fucking counselor about (laughs) giant bomb. Okay. Like I, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people and it has been such a huge part of my life that it is it is weird. As Jeff Grupp tweeted, how do I tell my family I'm sad about a website? <laughs> and like, it's true. I'm sad about a website and it's weird, but it is going to be a thing. We're going to they're going to keep doing their thing. We're going to keep uh, making this I, podcast. I th- and that's cool. I don't know. I think probably the hardest thing for you is just like there's just no more Brad, you know, like there's no more, there's no more Brad. Brad. I can't, I can't hear Vinny get all excited about fucking woodworking. I can't hear him make fun of Jeff Bacalar every day. I, Mm -hmm. I can't hear Brad get excited about ray tracing every day. Well, Brad still has the tech podcast, so he gets excited about a lot of dumb tech shit, but not as much like the, who's going to get excited about how many particles are, are in returnal now yeah I, I mean like alex seems like the type who will just disappear into i i could see him just kind of like just kind of drifting off into like he, he'll probably be financially fine but i think he'll get pretty much get off the internet all yeah and he he could do that and it's weird because Vinny has been posting a lot more on twitter uh because mm-hmm. he was not for years and years and now i've seen him post at least a couple times in the past week or so and it's weird like it's weird that today is friday and there is no giant beast cast for me to listen to. It is very strange. 
Uh, but that's what it's going to be like going forward. You know, like they ended their new run of the hotspot as well, because three of the four people that were doing it are <laughs> gone. Uh, and it, it's weird. And it is. It's just something else, like a lot of stuff changed during covid it just in life and now this is also continuing to be part of a change that is you know it's just weird the it's, world is changing drastically and it is freaky yes. it's yeah it's as i said like i always just assumed the the they would be there for forever and I, just, yeah I, I i i took it for granted I'll, like I'll i did i said i thought Vinny would leave i never thought brad would leave it was it's literally a giant bomb meme to say Brad is leaving. And mm-hmm. then Brad is a dickhead and he named the episode where they announced that they're leaving called Brad is leaving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just so weird because that was a meme forever because people had this weird head cannon that like Jeff and Brad got into like a fight and that they were like fighting with Ryan and all this shit. And they were like, oh, I think Brad's <laughs> leaving. And they always were just like, what the f- you guys are so weird. Mm-hmm. Nothing is happening like that. And there was a meme forever. And Brad hated it, but here he, he's actually leaving. Like it, it's just, it's bizarre. And there are so many mm-hmm. weird memes, like the fact that two brackets means something in the giant bomb chat because of a fucking thing that happened during E3 about the Sims. It is, it's buck wild. And like each one of those people who has come and left has left their mark on giant bomb. And I think that's really cool mm-hmm. personally. Um, yeah. I mean, I, can just say that for me personally on a personal level i mean they've definitely had a positive impact on my life yes i I agree with that and like yeah you've just seen them grow over time like they were mm -hmm. immature jackasses and then they They were our age they were our age and then they became parents they that's kind of they have houses like it's weird it it, it's just in a life perspective it's kind of let me not stress too much about my own life and yes how i feel like i'm 30 years old and i don't feel like i'm an adult but i'm just like you know what the guys at giant bomb in their i mean they start like jeff was right around our age like right around 30 i think like maybe like 30 yeah when they started giant bomb but like then you think about it and like sometimes i am worried they grew so much they did and 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 i'm just like see like i i think like it, it gives me hope that like I'm going to have a similar trajectory here yes. in my thirties of like, you know, I'm going to come into my own in my thirties. Yeah. And the, the other part of it is if you ever feel like, Hey, I'm 30, I'm in my late twenties. I'm not going to make it. I'm very immature, whatever. Listen to Dan speak ever <laughs> on those podcasts. Yeah. And you'll be like, Oh, you know what? I'm doing. All right. I knew I could wash a hoodie. I didn't believe that if I put a pizza in the fridge, it would become raw again. I know how to crack an egg. Like <laughs> you want to feel better about your life skills. Listen to a podcast. Dan Reichert was on. That's what I'm and, saying. And, and he's married. He's married. He has a house. He has a, house. He has a dog. <laughs> he has Multiple, I think he has two dogs. He has a very successful podcast that he does with his wife. He has his mm-hmm. dream job. He is a f- popular Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. And this dude thought you couldn't wash a hoodie. And one episode in, he has like a top 10 video game podcast. Yes. So, I mean, like he, yes. And um, that podcast, so. apparently very good. The Firescape cast, uh, Mike yes, Mahardy, Mary Kish, and uh, Dan Riker. 
Well, there's one other. Uh, there was a crossover with Min Max, but no, I thought there was four. Is it's just the three of them? It is. Oh, okay. I was. I don't know why I was thinking there was four. Okay. Because yeah, they did. They Which... did do a crossover with Min Max, though. I think it's. But that, I mean, like, it, but like Mike Mahardy and Dan came Goldberg, from Game Informer. Yeah, 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 yeah Game yeah, Informer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so but like, no, it, it was like the, I, they called it like a crossover episode. It was. I think it was actually a Min Max podcast, but they had it, the three it, of them on or whatever. Yes, like I that I have it downloaded. That's what I listen to when I mow on the weekend. Yeah. So I'll be listening to that. So, but yes. Yeah, so like maybe I'll start listening to that to replace the Beast cast. I don't know. I, I told you, I think you really like Ben Hansen. Oh, I know. I, like, I know I like I like Ben Hansen already. I know. We have very similar interests. I, that's why I just like <laughs> I think like it could replace the 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 Beast cast for you and yeah, you'd yeah. be very happy. So um so overall I could go on about Giant Bomb forever. Mm-hmm. Uh ask me any question about Giant Bomb. I could talk for hours about it. I have talked for hours about it in the past when people have you have talked about it in an hour. I've today, talked about so. it over an hour today. <laughs> uh I talked about it with my brother. Like I we talk about it all the time. Even like I just people will be like, Hey, you still watch Giant Bomb? I'll be like, Yeah. And then we'll talk about what we used to like about it or if they mm-hmm. fell off, why they fell off. Like I have conversations about Giant Bomb all the time and we'll probably continue yeah, to. It, it, for me, it's one of those weird things where I fell off the new stuff, mm-hmm. but I always go back and listen to the old stuff. So like it, it like I've always kind of stuck around in some way, shape or form. Yeah, like the only way I really fell off was I just stopped listening to podcasts altogether over the past mm-hmm. year. Um, so I just stopped listening to the BCS. I still watch their videos, though. Every Friday I would watch their streams. I would watch the streams whenever I it was something I was remotely interested. I watched every one of their Minecraft streams. I just love the people. And like that's. To me, to think... me, that's the most important part is while there are video games there. To me, it is not that you are necessarily watching for the video games is it is that you are watching for the people. Sure. It is why I can watch Eris, one of my favorite streamers, play anything, even when it pains me physically to watch. I, I it's because of the, of the people, you know what I mean? I just like the people are the biggest part of it. Just. I know this is a tough question, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think you, you, your favorite of their content is? Is it the unprofessional Fridays? Uh, I do like unprofessional Fridays, but no, my favorite content I think will forever be the playthrough of contradiction. Spot the liar that Vinny, Alex and Austin did. Uh, it is magical. It is only a couple hours long. They did the first episode is the quick look. And then that was one of the reasons I believe they started doing the streams called play dates was because Austin and Alex said to Vinny, we have to finish this game. We have to see it. I think it's only two parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, I can download it and give it to you on a USB stick <laughs> because I think you would also think it's hilarious. Uh, it's excellent. It's just an FMV game. Vinny likes playing FMV games. That is my, that is my favorite uh, like video feature thing they've ever done. But my favorite mm. giant bomb things in general are their E3 night shows. Okay. And forever will be just because of them. Jeff talking to those people or before Jeff, when it was Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan can get anybody to talk, man. And he can get anybody to open up about anything. Do, uh, do, the video where Greg Miller takes off his shirt and eats the chicken wings while he's sitting at their fucking table is incredible <laughs> i think one of my favorites from e3 is when they brought in a guy named dan reichert 
and he he had a, a story a prank of uh online dating i don't know if you remember I this do. the okay cupid prank and because because that was back when ryan was still alive and like um that is one of my favorite pranks I have ever heard. Yes. And I just sometimes just go onto YouTube and find that like five minute clip and just listen to that story because it makes me laugh every single oh, time. Oh yeah. There are so many things I could go to and they make me laugh mm. every single time. One of their first videos they ever made uh, about what the website is. Uh, I think it's called It's a Website. Actually, I can't remember now, but um, it is. Well, early on, they did like how to build a bomb. How to build a bomb is where they, they talk about what it is, but I think it is. It's a website. It's just Vinny and mm. Jeff being so stupid doing like a two minute video describing what giant bomb is. I still love that video. And they look like small babies mm. compared to what they look like now. Brad is the one who aged Brad the most. aged the most in spectacular ways brad has wild hair now his voice is so soothing i love brad his voice was always his voice was always soothing but if you go back and you watch what he looked like doing video reviews for GameSpot, Mm -hmm. holy shit holy shit he was not good at it back then and it pains him whenever they make him watch them (laughs) and i love that it pains him like yeah he can't watch himself no so like I said, we could go forever, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think I will give us a hard cut here at this point. Sure. And I'll say, yeah, I, we love Giant Bomb. I uh, am sad at the people leaving uh, and it will never be the same, but I, I mm-hmm. look forward to seeing what it becomes in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's what I got. Yeah, and all I'm going to say is even if you didn't know what Giant Bomb is and still don't fully understand, just understand that like this wouldn't be happening. You would not be listening to this if they did not exist. I mean, it's as simple as that. So, like, It's a website about video games, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. So, yeah, uh, that that's all we got. As always, the theme song, Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi, excellent chiptune band. You can check them out, and you can check us out next week peace out